0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotics. I've been herping since I was a boy and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin Marklin and I It's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you gotta check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the Reptile World's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system, search by sex. Wait, morph, or other keywords, and use our Buy It Now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad. that also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buying or selling? Use shippingreptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rate. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animal successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship the reptile successfully, live customer support, and our live, on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animal. Click on the link to the marketplace. Find that perfect pet or breeder. Then visit ShipReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related.
4: Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre.
5: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio episode 233, and tonight, Owen, we are talking yes. a subject that you like to talk about.
1: <laughs> you have my in- intrigue, and you've had it for a week now, so
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, um, yeah. I've been dying for this kind of a show, and it's really hard just to find somebody who has experience with this species, and of course, we're talking uh, white-lipped pythons, and I've loved white-lipped pythons till I since I since I saw an adult uh female blackface chase my friend around his snake room attempting to kill him. So it's just been I love it. And having Ryan on, who has had success with this species, uh, is just even better. So I'm I'm all jazzed up for a white lip show and it seems like just from the message board that everybody else is too it's like all of a sudden white lip fans are coming out of nowhere.
5: So yeah love it yeah uh, they're uh <clears throat> they're definitely lining up for this episode um it's uh it's pretty cool. We had Ryan on before, and we kinda talked yep. Condros and maybe a little bit uh a little bit other uh few other topics but uh this show um specifically kinda caught my eye. I was sort of cruising around Facebook. I saw that uh he had posted up that he had another clutch of you know mm-hmm. white lit pythons. From what, from my understanding, which I'm not too—I mean, I know about white-lip pythons, but not like you do or the white-lip fans out there. So, luckily, Mm -hmm. I have you to uh, go with me in this show. But um, uh, the uh, the southern form, um, which uh, is is definitely uh, more difficult to breed, from from my understanding, Mm -hmm. is that correct? Um, I think it—I don't know if it's more difficult.
1: It has been done less, so. I don't know if it, it, it. wet lips in general, gold, black, north, south, east, west, I don't care what you call them, um, in general, I believe, are a little difficult. And it kind of goes with the they have to be compatible pair. You got to get it at the right time. And it's one of those, like, a lot of shit can go wrong. And so that's kind of why um, – and I believe that the blacks are a little bit – on, we're, we're a little bit on the rarer side in the in United States collections, so, okay, you know, it just seems like, uh, I guess from wherever they do their importations from, they seem to be able to go outside and fill a big box full of gold face um, really easily, and then, like, three or four black phase and that's it. So, of course, cool. that's changing recently, but whatever.
5: Yeah, so Ryan has been able to successfully breed this species uh 3 years in a row. Um and it's funny. I was talking to uh Scott Eper right before the show and um yeah. he was saying that um I guess everybody down in Australia has uh mad respect for Mr. Ryan Young for his accomplishments of breeding some of the rarer uh species of pythons for sure. So uh um, Yeah. Uh, Let's see Yeah I mean Should be uh, Should be a very Interesting show I don't Leo Python Is the uh, genus that they're in Um, Again I don't Know anymore
1: Because didn't they Just change them To uh, Pithracus I mean like I thought they were Moved over here Or over there They're The White Lips Are one of those things Where it's like Ever changing And I Haven't read the latest Paper so I don't know Where they are Right now (laughs) Because I mean, if you go far enough back, at one point, Whitlip was in Liasis, and you know, it, it 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 it's all over the place. Depending on what paper you're reading, is where Whitlip nomenclature is. So,
5: yeah, you know, now that you say that, I remember Nick posting something about Bob, uh, some That's
1: kind. Of, buff, I, I buff. can't
5: remember. I don't
1: know. It it's a damn ring pythons, whatever the hell
5: they are. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, they're <laughs> oh, they're flat they're, they're classified with ring pythons?
1: Yes. Uh,
5: they're, they're, what's they're, that? They're, both Rachelis? They're,
1: they're like both Rachelis, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I, I'm butchering it. Somebody like Nick is hitting their head against the table going, yeah. you moron, but it's okay. Um, I, I didn't take Latin. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I think they said that they, the closest relative to the white lips were the rings. And I think at one point they were lumped in with uh, Timor's and a few other pythons at the same time. Oh, I don't see but now. What? Timor pythons? I don't either. So now the Timors no. are with retics over yeah. here. And the white lips are with ring pythons
5: over here. I so, guess I could see that. I don't know. I've never totally kept ring pythons. pythons.
1: They're like mini white lips. <laughs> so I could totally Alrighty. see that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's... uh. At least that's what I think... If I remember, if I'm remembering the paper correctly, uh, somebody who probably is way more versed on it, again, is probably hitting their head against the desk with every word that I say. Um, <laughs> I apologize to that person, and uh, if you feel you need to correct us, please email at info at
5: com and we'll fix it next week. We'll fix it in the mix. Um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to try. <laughs> well, I think probably Ryan won't be able to fix it right as soon as he starts. Yeah, talking. but
1: you know, it's every <laughs> once in a while when we get the guests on and you and the guest starts with "you morons," you know, it's going to be one of those shows. So I'm kind of trying to avoid that. So right. I mean, we've had those in the past.
5: <laughs> so yeah, we, yeah, right. We uh, we're gonna we're gonna have Ryan on, and what we're gonna just basically talk about is. Um, uh, basically, you know, maybe some natural history, uh, talk on some of the, you know, what kind of environment these are coming from. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Dan from DM Exotics posted up a video um, and they have a new locality called uh, Tanamara um, as opposed to the ones that have been coming in from Tamika. Um, and apparently <laughs> as opposed hat- to just the
1: black faced white lips that have been coming in forever.
5: It's, I don't well my brain I think they can't wrap around this. <laughs> yeah, they, they kinda look the same, but um
0: the difference is the that
5: these these new ones from uh Tana Tana Morera oh man. Tana Morera. <laughs> um basically they are uh seem to be a lot chiller. Um you know, and if you watch that video that he posted up, um he's basically uh taking them out and they're real calm and you know, he was showing but, that they were on heat and it's not like that they were cold or something like that. But uh, But I've had I've had really chill blackface white lips and then uh-huh. I've had
1: psychos. So okay. I've had I've had both ends. Like I had a female that was really chill and I had a male that was really chill and then I had a female that wanted to rip your face off and I had a male that was a torpedo with teeth. I mean, you know, it's and then I had one that was like in the middle, it depends on what day you caught her on. So it's like I wouldn't really Does that mean that the two calm ones were actually from this locale before we started calling it a locale? Well,
5: I don't know. I guess my question would be as far as these locales that are popping up is, uh, you know, are these uh, subspecies? Does it fall like carpets? Is it subspecies? Are they species? I know that there's a whole bunch of um, different species of uh, white-lipped python. Five of them? Okay. I don't know. I can read that paper again. Man, you didn't know. you do any homework for the show? You're supposed I to be a white-lip guy. I'm it. revoking stop your it. white lip place on card too. That's it.
1: it. It already <laughs> was revoked when I got rid of them all, and now I'm clawing my way back. But
5: <laughs> stop it. <laughs> uh, but um, I believe that there's, uh, you know, because I remember reading um, the Barker's book, and um, right. the one that they did about the uh, the um, what was it called the, uh, the the invisible arc. <clears throat> right. And they about um I think there was forty two, forty two, forty five. And when I was wow. counting them up I couldn't couldn't remember all these different species of pythons. But then when I looked into the white lips there was all these ones that I never heard of. Yes. I don't yes. know if those are in collections or if they were just zoo well, uh, you know, in a jar. <laughs> well there's that that's unfortunately
1: the the one where the one paper that I read, um, and I believe it was written by um, someone, I'm not going to say their name. <laughs> um, the uh, – we all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> the um, – starts. starts with an H. Um, so that they they looked at specimens in jars, and they kind of described the animals from that. And if you've ever been in a scientific setting where you've looked at specimens in a jar – Some of these guys were preserved a while ago, and some of them may not have been preserved correctly. Plus, colors change when they're floating in liquid. So, I mean, a lot of them were basing off of scale pattern on the head or scales on the head versus build of the body. Um, But we've all seen baby pythons. They look really weird until they grow up. So you don't know what phase of the growth you were in. And the one was described as this bluish gray and one was described as this red. And you don't know if that's because of the dyes or if something went wrong with the fixing. So it's really weird, which is why everybody lost their minds when that one red-white lip showed up this past year. Which I want to talk about that one with Ryan, too, and get his idea on that one. Because everybody everybody immediately jumped to that it was possibly the Bennett's. Um, which they they described as kind of having a reddish tint to it, which I've never seen ever. So I don't know what it is. I don't know. Uh, I know some people were saying, obviously, he took a gold white lip and put it in a vat of Kool-Aid for three hours and took a videotape with it. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, and uh, it's really funny. Because when that video premiered, um, I started counting the people who sent me the video and pictures of it and asked me questions. <laughs> and it was like and it was like somebody who sent me a text, they'd be like, Congratulations, number sixteen, how are you today? And they're like, What do you mean? I'm like, You are the sixteenth person to text me, congratulations. So like, yeah. uh, I wanted to get to twenty, but I think I got to like eighteen or something. I was I was depressed. So That's all. Yeah. <clears throat>
5: okay. <laughs> well, um let's just throw this out there before we get Ryan on um Ryan uh runs um his website is Molecularreptile.com dot com so you can check it out uh there and he also has a Facebook page uh Miracula- <laughs> molecular Molecular <laughs> Mirac- Theater. <laughs> yeah. I got Morelia I, it, I'm just programmed to I say VM words. <laughs> uh you can't. Molecular You're not good eloquent hosts just stumble through
1: it half the time. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm butchering uh Morelia molecular. <laughs> just wants to say M O R, not M O L. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. We've, so uh we were yeah, you can butchering Latin a little bit ago. So. Yeah. You can uh I have the links in the show description, so if you want to check out what he has going on, um I would also advise to check out the past episode with Ryan and also check out uh his uh talk he did on uh green Python Keeper Radio, TTP Keeper Radio, um, which was very good as well. Uh, We have the chat going along uh, over in the NPR chat over on Facebook. So if uh, we have some questions that have popped up, so as we're going along, and if you have any questions that you want us to hit on, uh, feel free to post them over. I'm going to do a little bit of an intro, then Owen will take over and I'll monitor the chat. So
0: uh,
5: (laughs) Hey Ryan, welcome back to uh, Morelli Python Radio. Glad to have you back. We're ready to talk some white-lip pythons? How you doing?
4: Sure thing. You there?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You here? Yeah. All right. You good. You know? All right. Cool. cool. So now that we butchered uh, everything about white-lip pythons, Every, yeah,
1: it's hard to follow that.
5: <laughs> Every, we,
1: we've, uh, no, it's very easy. Just call us idiots and move forward. So it's
4: yeah. <laughs> to picked I guess. <laughs> yeah, right.
5: Yeah. <laughs> that's that's oh, for me. Man. So, let's, let's start at the very beginning. I mean, let's talk about uh, maybe a little bit of natural history on these guys. Maybe you can clear up the, you know, uh, I know one of the questions that we had in the chat room is, why does everybody refer to them as black and gold phase as opposed to the actual species name and northerns and southerns and, why don't they use what? Where are they in uh, nomenclature? Where do they fit in? What is what is the deal with them? Um. Well, I guess the uh, the
4: latest genetic work pretty much shows that they're they should be aligned with Bothrocylus, which is the ring python. The you know it used to be just ring python in that genus, but apparently it uh, shows what I've felt for a long time that ring pythons and white lip pythons are closely related so to me it's author of kallis but for some people okay. it's still leo python so it just depends on which author you are talking to and which one they want to go with at this point
5: gotcha yeah i can see the uh the resemblance to them and ring pythons for sure um so i mean there's not a whole lot of information out there about where they're from or what kind of environment they're from. I mean, can you maybe expand our info on that a little bit? Um, There's really not a
4: lot of published information. So um, one of the most published people in the field is uh, Marco Shea. And um, if you read some of the stuff he's written over the years, um, they're pretty much a lowland. I think, you know, they only go up a few thousand feet into the... Mountains, So they're pretty much a lowland animal. The northern species, the gold white lip apparently is less habitat dependent as the southern species. Okay. So, um, that's why apparently the gold ones, you know, a lot easier to collect. They aren't. Mm -hmm. The, from what he writes, the southern ones are very, very rainforest dependent. Um, closed canopy, rainforest-dependent water, you know, river courses, whereas the gold phase will, or the northern species will, use a lot more habitat varieties.
5: Yeah, you know, I remember an episode of uh, uh, Crocodile Hunter where Steve Irwin, was, I think it was called uh, Jungle in the Clouds was the episode, and basically he found a white-lip python that was just cruising through the It was like a stream as he was climbing up the side of the mountain, and there it was, just pretty chill. I thought that was pretty awesome. They're definitely... uh... So, you would find these in the environment on the ground where you would find chondros?
4: Um, I'm not sure exactly how they all intermingle. Um, Mm -hmm. He publishes in the northern area. It was the most common python he encountered. um, Oh, wow. North of the... Dividing range uh, I said it wasn't uncommon to find you know four to six individuals in the night. They live around people Jeez. apparently um, now obviously, there's no carpets north of the dividing range that we know of, so um, right. that might have something to do with it as well, but the uh the southerns he talks that they were far less common and they did not occur where the carpet pythons were, so Huh. Which makes sense. They're more of a scrub, you know, not quite full blown rainforest, like on New Guinea. Huh.
5: That's interesting. Um, So I would imagine there was green pythons with both of them. Yeah, Yeah, probably.
1: I I mean, it's right in that area. So, have to be some overlap.
5: Yeah, I would think oh, yeah. that they're more in the, you know, in the canopy and, you know, the white lips are more on the ground. Um, so that would that would make sense. Um, what about as far as, um, let's talk about what you're working with. What kind of group of uh, snakes are you working with when it comes to white lip pythons?
4: Uh, I have a pair of the southern species and 2.1 of the northern species. Okay
5: cool wow so you you wow you you've been lucky with do you think that the fact that um your animals are just dialed into your your environment or what do you equate your success with breeding them? um
4: you know for a couple of years would, they were really frustrating me they uh would swell up huge with follicles and i thought twice i thought i had clutches coming before i actually produced them so they were very humbling in that manner <laughs> um, but uh now i mean the last 3 years it's um i mean it seems simple but <laughs> i just not <wanna> get to what it is there There's, i wish yeah. i had a magic formula i really don't they uh they just kind of got dialed in the first couple of times she cycled um she would cycle fairly early in the summer Mm -hmm. And uh, then when I started actually cycling my room, um, you know, manipulating the environment to reproduce everybody else, it seemed like it would throw her off. And so I think the first year she started showing follicular development in like August. And then the next time, the next year she started showing it in like September. And Mm -hmm. then the year that she actually went you know, she didn't start showing it till October. So, gotcha. I just it just took uh, I think it just took some consistency, and then I think I screwed things up by I, I thought she was gravid the first time, so I mm-hmm. I cranked up the heat, and I don't think that helped. <laughs> and uh, I thought, uh, and I stopped feeding her, and. Or uh, she stopped eating, because, I mean, I'd never seen follicles that big that weren't actually eggs, so <laughs> it <a laughs> really, really messed me up, <laughs> Wow, threw me off, but, uh, yeah. and then I did the, I did the rookie thing, you know, I thought, oh, I'm going to try a different setup next year and a different setup the next year, and, well, I just got out of my own head and just said, you know what, treat them like everything else and forget about it, and, all right. They'll be fine. <laughs> they have, so
5: <laughs> What were you gonna ask Alan? Well, uh,
1: Ryan, with your white lips, did you uh what age did you get them? Did you get them as juvies? Did you raise them up as from uh babies and are any of them captive born or are all yours wild collected?
4: Uh, my female was wild collected, but she was pretty small. Um, yeah. So I don't I, that really wasn't much of a hang up. The uh, male was produced by Matt Turner. Um, I didn't get it from Matt, but I got it secondary from the guy who got it from Matt.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So, uh, he's captive bred. I'm um, trying to think when I got him. I think I got him, I think I got the female, and it was the late, early 2000s, you know, before 2010, I believe, probably like 2008. 2000, somewhere between 2005 and 2010. <laughs> somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I moved. I Well, let me think. I had the female before yeah. I moved, and I moved in 2007. So I okay. don't think I had the male yet. So I guess that would... Probably got the female in 2006 and got the male in 2008, would be my guess. Okay.
1: And the golds?
4: Uh I got a female gold uh, a while ago um had her since she was little she wild caught the um like a two years ago I picked up a male um, mm-hmm. and i just they i don't think they like each other that much uh <laughs> so I, I actually just got another male today so, it's, uh, <laughs> oh. so hopefully next year I'll have a, a male that maybe she'll like but I haven't is, uh oh, yeah. i don't i mean I have seen them copulate before, but only once and she developed pretty good follicles last year uh but mm-hmm. didn't go and this year she's sitting there with big follicles, but i just don't i don't have much faith in the pair because the gold- the black- uh the black ones when I put them together they don't I mean, they're never away from each other. They're like glue on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what other people I've talked to said. Their compatible pairs were like that. When I stick the gold yeah. ones together, um, you know, the next day I'll go in there and I'll find the male complete, as far away from the female as we can get or she's as far away from him as you know she can get. It. And I've only once yeah. caught them locked up. So even if they're breeding, I don't know that they're, they're breeding enough or – she likes him enough, or he likes her. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hopefully next year I'll have another male to see if, if, uh, if assuming she doesn't go to but Put
1: um, that in the mix. Um, do, do, do you feel the the best thing to do is to get them young and raise them up,
4: or uh, is it just like? Yeah, I think any of be... the high strong species. Like I think anytime you move them, it's a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it. I think it takes years for the snakes, to establish the rhythm with the keeper. And so if you, let's say somebody gets some, um, they have them for two years, can't breed them, and they get fed up and they sell them to somebody else, and that person, you know, new cages, new environment, probably completely new atmospheric conditions, depending on where in the country they got where shipped to yeah. it, uh, I think it just resets their clock every time they get moved around. Um, Makes sense. Uh, And I think that might explain some of the problems. Um, I know Matt Turner, when he sold his group, uh, I don't believe they did anything um, for the person who got him. But I think there was also a fire involved in their passing, I think. I don't know. I can't remember. From what I heard.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I heard something like that happened. But I don't really, like you, I don't really remember everything there.
4: But, yeah, it um, seemed like Matt dialed his group in, got a couple of clubs mm-hmm. a couple of years in a row, and then, you know, for whatever reason, moved on. And it's hard to say whether they would have continued to do well somewhere else mm-hmm. or if not. I mean, I w- it would have been nice to, to see how that translated. But in my opinion, I don't. I think that can set them back.
1: Yeah, I, I could see that. Um so I guess for people who aren't aware, can you go through maybe some of the big differences between the northerns and the southerns, not just the way they look, but like behavioral wise and things like that?
4: Um as a general rule, the southerns um overall seem more more tractable. Most of the individuals are mellow in my experience with the mm-hmm. occasional psycho. Um <laughs> with the golds, um I probably had, I don't know, I probably had eight, nine golds. And yeah. I've had, I'd say roughly 50% of them are chill, and the others aren't too bad. Um, as babies, both species, in my opinion, are pretty high strung. Um, yeah. But uh, they seem to mellow out. Structurally, the Southerns are a lot bulkier for, for their length, it appears. They have like a more blocky head. Um, mm-hmm. a thicker body for the length, but and you hear people talk about that the southerns and the northerns um you know the southerns get a lot bigger um Daniel atouche published a paper basically showing that their average adult size was pretty uniform across the board.
0: So mm-hmm.
4: There may be truth to that, but in his sample size, it didn't come to fruition my adult my adult southerns and my adult Northerns are probably about the same length, but the Southerns are more bulky. So
1: yeah. I I, I, guess I've seen there's me.
4: probably a potential for bigger size. But somebody in well, Europe yeah. posted a su- uh, Northern, a gold phase that was, man, that thing had to been eight, nine feet. It was huge. So.
1: I, I had three <laughs> Northerns that were massive, and none of them had nice attitudes. It was... Uh, they're, they're, I was not too upset to see them leave. but And then somebody has uh, a southern up on one of the classifieds. It's like a nine-foot boy
4: or something like that. So they
1: have the potential to get huge.
4: They just, they, yeah, they, really they do clearly that. do. I, I've, yeah. I've heard of a few nine-foot specimens. Um, you know, I've never put a tape measure on one, so I couldn't <laughs> – not that big. Um yeah.
1: So, I mean,
4: well, do you feel that
1: that's a necessary thing, like, the, or is it like, is it like with carbon? No, python? it's not they even close that
4: the like My animals yeah. aren't anywhere near that big. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
1: because that's the things where people always are like, you have to get them
4: huge. Well, maybe not. So, no, my uh, my animals are. Uh, what was the female after laying? She was twenty three hundred grams. Okay. And I think she's one hundred and seventy centimeters, and the male's one hundred and fifty eight centimeters, so they don't have to be that big.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think Chad Gray brought his uh, gold male or something to Tinley, and he wasn't that big. He was a, you know, just a I guess a. Older boy, but he wasn't huge, so that's cool. Um, Ryan, can you go into like how you would set up, uh, or what your suggest what your suggested setup for uh, a captive hatched or a wild caught white lip one you kind of got straight out of the bush to kind of cut back on the stress levels?
4: Uh if you got a wild caught one,
1: hmm
4: is that addressing? Um, I would probably use a a tub to start with uh, keep you know keep it pretty calm put a couple hide boxes in there pot in cool in keep it on paper till you get it cleaned out um, and then uh, other than that they're usually not too not too bad they're usually good feeders and um, you know just get start your deep parasite treatments and mm-hmm. do all that so
1: do you have any, like, uh, suggested food that you might want to try if uh, they're not taking a rat or a mouse right away?
4: Um, I've never had any problem with any of them not eating mammals. They, they uh, seem to be mammal eaters. <laughs> uh, I've, anything, if, if, you, if they won't eat something off tongs, if you just leave something live in there, they... They'll go Tell for it. Eat it or at least kill it. So. <laughs> at least do that part for it.
1: Okay. Um how do you how do you have your other your how what's your typical white lip set up at your at your place for your adults?
4: Uh, it's pretty boring. I keep the uh I have the golds <laughs> in C B seventies and I have the uh the blacks and um the ARS tub that's 33 and a half by 23, 24 and a half or uh, 26 and a half something like that. The same setup, I keep my blood pythons in. Okay.
1: Do you, you think the tub is kind of, like, helping for, like, obviously the animal can't see you, so you think that's kind of helping with the whole stress level
4: for these guys? Uh, the southern ones has a window in it. So okay. I don't, uh, they've, but I mean, I'm not in there all the time. They're out in the snake building, so I'm, you know, I'm only in there when I'm doing stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I really, I think it's consistency. I think cages would be fine. Any, any setup you offer them, as long as your the basic needs are met. Um, I say th- I honestly I just think consistency is key. A compatible, a pair that likes each other, and then consistent.
5: So you don't think, uh, I know that we've had a past guest on that sort of talked about um, the cage size, that they needed a lot of room and that they were very active snakes. Do you, you don't find that to be the case? Uh, they're pretty active, Uh, but, I,
4: I mean, I, that's what I keep them in and they seem to do fine. And they're breeding, yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, yeah. <laughs> would they do Apparently better they're... in a bigger cage? I it's hard to picture they would. Maybe the gold, maybe that's my problem I have them in the V seventies, maybe I need to put them in the bigger tubs. But...
1: Oh, that would I'll be see. weird. <laughs> <laughs> if the gold face have to go into the bigger ones and the black ones can stick in the rack. Eh, whatever. So <laughs> I think, <laughs> I don't think I that's think. my problem with the gold ones. So I don't think so either. <laughs> I think, but that's, that's where you start overthinking crap. And then you end up like totally messing it up. So, you
4: know. Jesus.
1: But uh, we also have heard from past guests that hydration and humidity could be an issue for these guys. Uh, uh,
4: hydration is a big deal I hate to admit yeah. that I killed the first uh, gold white lip I ever had because uh, I I was out of town for a couple weeks and I I filled everybody's water before I left um, and uh, I didn't make sure somebody filled its water I thought oh, I was like the other ones if it ran out of water for a couple days it wouldn't be a problem well it turns out with white lips and ring pythons, that is a problem uh, wow uh, yeah make sure they have water all the time that's uh they don't they do not do well without water so neat all right then
1: what about like humidity because i know that my guys every once in a while will go through a rough shed
4: yeah they're horrible shedders without high humidity yeah. um and uh the problem with high humidity is um like constantly damp conditions aren't good either, so mm. it's a balancing act. Um, so what I do is I have a five-gallon bucket that I've cut down to fit inside the the uh, cage, and then or the tub. and Then I obviously make a hole in it, and I usually put moss or um, moss or cypress mulch inside that, and I keep that humid. Like I spray that portion of the cage just inside okay. the hide. And, then, and they're usually in the hide all day and then at night they're, you know, poking around and, around and, uh, well, and I keep on aspen bedding on the other part of it. So, But when they're in shed, then I typically will spray the whole cage until after they shed. Okay. That makes sense. Just to kind of
1: not... They look a lot better when
4: they're, you know, kept... They're just their overall appearance, their sheen, their, you know... Yeah. Their their skin tone is far more impressive when they kept. uh, They didn't have that awesome resistance. So.
1: Well, okay. I could see. I mean, wasn't that one of the common misconceptions about bloods is that everyone kept trying to keep them like a swamp or something like that? So.
4: Um. Yeah. They They like a humid too. They don't have very good sheds if it's not humid. But. At the same time, I don't really, I don't worry about humidity. I don't sit there and measure it or try to say what the humidity is. Um, <laughs> that's I've never, you know, you start trying to put numbers on things and you just can drive yourself crazy. Especially up here, it's so dry and dry. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. So with the with breeding of the species, well, I mean, obviously you have had like three years of success where everybody else is. Not a lot of other people can say that. I mean, what do you think is the most important part of breeding the species?
4: Most important thing I would say Mm -hmm. would have to be that you have them for a while and that you have the two, probably the two things that go hand in hand is, um, consistent conditions, consistent cycle times, and then a pair that like each other.
0: Um, (laughs)
4: Because it, I mean, it's at this point it seems very mundane and routine to read the southern's for me because they just seem to be dialed in now. Uh, for a couple of years, I didn't think that they were, you know, making me pull my hair out. But a lot of that was my inability to read what they were telling me, and so uh, eventually I caught up and they caught up, and it just works now. But uh, I don't know. I wish I had a magic formula. I mean, I can tell you what I do, uh, what works for me. Um, Yeah, we'll get to that. (laughs) Okay. So,
1: but, but I mean, like, uh, go ahead. I mean, like, you know, uh, whatever you were about to say, go ahead, please.
4: Oh, um, well, I, I, for me, where I live, I start cycling my snaker on October 1st come hell or high water. I don't care what's going on. Um, Hmm. I used to, I used to balance or I used to juggle you know, when I cycled, I would cycle any—I would start cycling anywhere from October to November to December. I even started as late as January first before. And uh, I don't think that inconsistency, that start time change, was good. So mm-hmm. when I moved, um, I noticed when I moved out here and I put my snakes—I um, had them in my basement in my old house, and now they have their own building, and. In my basement, the temperature was entirely dependent upon what I told it to do with thermostats and heaters. Um, never It never got hotter than I told it to because it was in my basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, when okay. I moved and I put them in a building, um, the summers where I live can get into the hundreds routinely. Uh, the winters are bitter cold. Um, and... My snake room, it freaked me out first couple of times. The first summer I was out here, my snake room would get like 85 degrees during the day, and it freaked me out. Uh, but the snakes don't seem to mind. <laughs> it's just the keeper <laughs> that's freaking out. Uh, right. And I started to notice for, within a little while, it's usually like late August uh, or all through August that that's happening, and my snake room would get as hot as, you know, eighty five, eighty six during the day and then back to eighty during at night. Um but then winter co- usually it usually goes from like summer to cold up here. So Okay. It can be, it, no could be it could be it could be a hundred, you know, and then two weeks later it's, you know, into the sixties fifties. So it's um uh, I would notice that as soon as the cool down the summer cool down started to happen that uh, my snakes were starting to develop follicles and acting like they wanted to start breeding. And I was like, I haven't even done anything yet. I haven't even cycled. <laughs> I haven't done and so that's when I just decided I'll just start October first and Yeah. That's it usually was you know, I usually even by October first I have uh Snakes already acting like they're well into being cycled and wanting to reproduce. And the black violets are the very first thing every year. So, they, she's laid every, I think it's been January. Um, it was December and then January and January again. She's laid two clutches in one 365
1: calendar year. So. Wow. Wow. Did, like, were you a little worried about how quick she was kind of throwing them all around? Or... Yeah,
4: I usually don't. I tried to give her, the. I tried not to breed her the second year. Um, typically, I plan on reproducing most of my pythons every other year. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't put, I think I put the male in there twice. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I kept watching her. I kept watching her grow huge follicles and sitting upside down. And I mean, she just was ravenous with the food and, and I thought, man, she's going to just ovulate and do this if I, whether I put the male in there or not. So I put them together twice. I think they locked up twice and she ovulated. So it was just, Jeez. well, I guess it was meant to be. So <laughs> Well,
1: if you're going to do it might as well. I mean, if she's going <laughs> to do everything for you, it's like, why not?
4: Yeah. yeah. So now I just feed feed her good, and uh, she wants to breathe, She can breathe as often as she wants. So. <laughs> she, seems to, she seems to bounce back really quick. It doesn't it doesn't seem to take a lot out of her like it does some of the other snakes. So.
0: Even though the like
1: you you said the follicles were were huge. I mean, even with those huge follicles, and I guess which turn into equally pretty big eggs it still doesn't wreck her that badly?
4: No. It's, I mean, she looks pretty rough right when she lays them, but you yeah. take the eggs away from her and, you know, give her a fresh drink and rinse her off. And she usually eats a couple of days after she lays, and then it's off to the races. She just wants to eat and eat and eat. So <laughs> it Wow. I can't, I mean, like, um, she just shed. Um, looks. I mean, you wouldn't even know she laid. And the That's eggs awesome. are only a couple weeks in. So.
5: Wow! Now, as far as feeding goes, are you feeding um, every week? Is there a, is there a specific regimen that you're following? Uh, what size prey? No, I'm I'm, I'm not.
4: I'm I'm. <laughs> I think the worst thing that ever happened to snake keepers was a schedule.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
4: I'll feed, I, I, I've been known to feed her three times in a week, and then not feed her for a month, and then feed her. Once a week for a while, maybe twice a week, or maybe two times and then go two weeks, it's just kinda whatever I'm okay. doing, whatever snakes I'm planning on breeding the next year tend to get more food than the other ones. So it's, okay. uh, and then during right. the summer I don't feed a terrible amount to anything. So, so coming uh,
5: out of coming out of breeding season is sorta of when you sorta of put the food to the female and then back off as they're getting closer?
4: Yeah, I'll feed, her, I'll feed her pretty heavily right now because um, she just laid.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm.
4: by by the time we're in the heat of the summer, since it does get so hot in my snake room, I don't like to feed a lot. Um, right. Or big meals and stuff. So And then I'm usually trying to grow up certain other snakes so they get the majority of the rats.
2: I gotcha. And you. then right.
4: after, you know, say late August through September, I'll go, okay. No, it's your turn, and then I'll just hammer her with food to get a huge follicle. <laughs> okay. Or what
5: do you, just, uh, size of prey-wise, large rat, something like that?
4: No, 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 no. I feed her maybe small, mediums. Okay. Really don't make much of a lump. That's it. Wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't want, well, I don't want to, for one, I don't want a giant whitelist there's <laughs> <It's> definitely <laughs> there's definitely, definitely there seems to be a correlation between the size of the food and how much they grow more so than how much you feed so. right
5: okay that's interesting it,
4: yeah i like that
5: idea i like that
1: approach uh, kind of smaller prey items i have to stop feeding my white lips so,
4: so um <laughs> the, uh,
1: do you um I totally lost my space here it's gone uh i know we talked a little bit about mate selective being selectivity i mean i ha- i know you said that's a little bit important i mean have you seen where it goes bad or have you seen it where uh it can like they can almost can hurt each other
4: um i've well, i've only got the only i've only owned um three black white lips uh one I had mm-hmm. when it was little and I didn't keep it. Um and then this pair. Uh, so I got re- okay. really lucky that this pair seems to really like each other. So I don't no. I don't have any experience with the Southerns on that. The Northerns, um like I've said, they don't they do not seem they don't fight. They don't you know, mm-hmm. but they don't hang out. They rarely I think like I said, once I've taught them on the same side of the cage, and they were copulating, but uh, it, it didn't, I don't know how to, how to explain it without sounding weird, but it didn't seem like they were doing it because they liked each other. Cause they, were, they
1: didn't enjoy they, it. They
4: were not, they weren't all, like, <laughs> you know, intertwined, and, I mean, it was almost like, you know, two hognose snakes where one's pointing one way and, they, you know, they weren't really. <laughs> one's pointing the other they, it was didn't, just they, didn't, they weren't cuddling. Yeah. Let's put it this way: it was not a love-making <laughs> affair. So. Yeah.
5: Let's get this over with. <laughs> yeah.
4: All
1: right. I don't like you. You don't like me. But if we get this done, he'll beat us again.
4: So yeah, all so, right. We're like a, if I put goes. the southerns together, they're like they become one snake. They don't. They're all over each other, intertwined. You can't tell where one starts and the other stops. Whereas the gold, typically, when I'd look in there. One would be on one side, one would be on the other. So they don't—they do not do you... appear to like each other that much.
1: <laughs> when do you do the introductions? Like when do you put the males in with the girls? Do you do it during cool down, after cool down, whenever?
4: Um, I usually when I I usually start cooling October first, and I'll usually start mm-hmm. putting them together any time after that. Um, okay. The Southerns are quick. They usually. She usually has pretty good follicles before I even start cooling. Um, she's been she's been the first snake to lay for me all three years. She's laid, so they're usually well into it. I'm in fact, well, I'm usually debating on if I have to turn the room heat back up because she's already ready to go. So <laughs> <laughs> she kind of throws a wrench in my my plans. With me, everything.
1: So. <laughs> Okay. Um what 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 are your um what are your temps? I mean when you when you drop them down like what do you think the lowest is that you allow them to get?
4: Yeah, the lowest they probably get is 72, 74, typically.
1: Okay. And I mean that, obviously you said like they were um <laughs> uh you said, do they still kind of do what they do normally? Are they, like, hiding in the, in the hide box for the most of the day and then cruising around nighttime? Or do you see yeah, acting and stuff when, like that? When
4: they're together, they're usually just always they're – not, they're not as active when they're together because they're usually all over each other. Um, I notice when, you know, their activity seems to be just about each other when they're together. So they're not really crawling around much at that point. They will squeeze into the bucket together Let's, pretty... <laughs> when, I, when I open the tub, I usually have to take one or both of them out to get the tub back <laughs> shut, because they're so <laughs> get right the, back, yeah. the bucket. Well, a lot of the times, I really, won't even give them a hide, just because, or when I'm breeding them, because they just... The two of them in a five-gallon bucket cut down to six inches just... is a lot of snake and a very tight cord. It's in a very small <laughs> area,
5: yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do have a question, though, as far as, um you know... How do you balance because you work with a multitude of species of pythons? How do you balance um you know like cooling down and warming up with with the different species and how do you get that in tune to where you don't miss um you know you were saying about how when you you raise the temperature of the room um it might have affected the white-lipped pythons um whereas your other pythons may be in that rhythm. Like how do you, how do you balance that out? Any tips? <laughs> Um, it's, it's tough. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, uh,
4: trying to keep so many species from so many different geographic, uh, areas and weather patterns. Uh, I'm sure that trying to do one recipe for all of them has probably cost me some success with certain species. And, um, so I think, you know, you typically, if you, if you've got, if you're trying to do it like me, you'll stick certain things lower in a room so they can get colder during the winter, because uh, even if I tell my thermostat, you know, go down to 72 at night, if they're six inches away from an uninsulated concrete floor in North Idaho, uh, I got news for you. It's, it's uh, <laughs> a lot less yeah. than 72 degrees. So.
1: Right. That is not going to happen. <laughs> um,
4: and then I don't, I don't, um, you know, I'm not a big basking spot guy. I don't offer a lot of basking spots to anything. So... Right. That uh, certain things get them, you know, if I'm taking stuff colder than I know some stuff wants to go, then I'll offer those species, you know, if, let's say, like, blood pythons, you know, you don't need to take, you know, taking them to 75 is, you know, plenty. So I'll mm-hmm. typically just... turn their
0: Uh the the oh. There.
5: Okay.
1: Right. We
5: lose? Are you there? Yeah. You still there? there? Yes. You're kind of. You're...
1: You're kind of sound like you're in a tunnel. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>
5: oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. <Come back. laughs> the um. Now, but I do have I was... another question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. Eric. Well, now it's I was gonna... like the. I know you're.
1: I know you were talking about how you, you said you might have, like, foiled yourself there with a few species, but it seems like as, as long as you were keep doing what you're doing, the white lips eventually got on the same page as you. So do you think that that would happen with some of your other species, um, that everybody would eventually just get on the the train with you and do the seasons when you start doing everything
4: for them? Uh, I think it, it makes some difference. I think statistically, mm. um, you know, it probably cost me, like, I mean, uh, I'm good at breeding, um, you know, the Indus stuff, uh, mostly Aussie stuff. But if, like, bred live, you know, I, I haven't been able to breed those yet. Um, they just want to go colder than, you know, what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. for those, I'll you know, this year I put them out in my garage for the winter. So um, <laughs> wow. a couple of my... One of the Stimpsons pythons group that I worked with, you know, come from the same region as the bread lie and the uh, the captive breads that I produced just didn't show any interest in reproducing, which is really weird for Aunt Teresa. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, and
4: so I put, uh, you know, I put them out in the cold box too. So it's uh, we'll see. You know, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't breed diamond pythons. How I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would breed Bull, and I. You know, I have to know my limitations, but and then you know, maybe statistically, I'm, you know, might not be as good at breeding warmers and blackheads and stuff. uh,
5: uh you know, it works.
4: I can I've done it, but maybe right. I would have higher success if I was able to go colder. It's hard to say.
5: So, just out of curiosity, when you're putting them out there in your garage, what kind of temps are you looking at, like as a nighttime low?
4: Um, well, I guess I should preface that I put them in a box out in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> if I put them out in my garage, they could get below freezing. So uh, I typically I think I set it to where they could get it to. Uh, I think sixty five was as cold okay. as they could get. Okay. Maybe sixty yeah. two. The red light were on the bottom, so they might have. I mean, they could have got to sixty for all I know. Yeah. Where the probe? Where the probe was at middle area. Right.
5: My other question would be and then I will let Owen take back over, but my other question would be have you ever had any issues when you were going through your phases of uh, trying to get these guys to go with um any kind of respiratory infections being that they are a highly stressed uh you know, high strong type of species to begin with? Have you is is breeding I season something that I haven't had any that- respiratory issues. Um I
4: think I think some of the respiratory issues people run into with them are probably because they're keeping them too, they're trying to keep them too humid. There's mm-hmm. got to be a correlation, there seems to be a correlation of, uh, you know, if, you, if you're if you constantly too humid, that's, a you know, breeding ground for that stuff. Uh, I like think contrast. too hot and humid is probably pretty bad too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess I avoid that. I don't, I don't. Typically, I only offer a basking spot when they're grabbing. So. Right. They're already they're already back to not getting their basking spot. They got it for 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> uh, nice. I guess it was okay. more like 50 days. But <laughs> Okay.
5: All right, go ahead, Owen.
4: All right, so,
1: well, I mean, once the female is, like, gravid or once you feel she's gravid the male stops going in right or do you just see enough copulations and call it or do you keep him in there until you you're you're totally for sure that she's gravid
4: um well if you're if you if you really follow your snakes uh, most male pythons are actually pretty good at telling you when the female's done um mm. they'll usually they'll usually go into a shed about a week or two before the female ovulates, uh, that's not the case as much with if you're constantly using like one male on a bunch of females. That doesn't seem to correlate as closely. But when you're doing one animal to one animal, uh, mm. my male, my male black white lip is usually the one who tells me when she's had enough. Um, <laughs> so they uh, they usually um, breed for a couple months uh breed a lot. Uh he'll usually shed one time while they're breeding, uh but when she has huge follicles I start um feeding her real heavy. Um uh, mm-hmm. he'll usually you'll go you'll open up the bin one day and you're like, Oh, he's in shed <laughs> So yeah. it's usually you feed her one or two more times and she'll pop ovulate, so Yeah. Uh, and once once I see him in shed That's usually a cue to me to try to... I think feeding them can help trigger ovulation, so I'll feed her uh, as often as every, you know, five days. Little meals try to push her over the top, and uh, she'll swell up, ovulate, and then he'll usually shed about the time she's ovulating. Wow. Okay, good. Are you feeding
1: him and her? at The I mean, or does he typically go off food
4: because he's only no, thinking he about eats. one other no, thing? Eat. He does. I, wow. my, all my male pythons eat. I hear all these people that oh, my male doesn't eat. I don't. Man, I don't see that. But I guess I starve my snack, so...
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: my males eat whenever they get to. I've had males like locked up for females to eat, and I didn't realize they were locked up. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh wow. no, I'm
4: going to get that food.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so, uh, like, any special requirements for her once you notice there, that she's gravid? I know you You said you were tempted to bump up the heat or something on her when you realized she was finally gravid. Is there anything else you do with her typically once you know she's good?
4: Uh, once I know, like, once I've seen her ovulate... Uh, which is very obvious. Uh, it, it does only last typically for about eight hours when it's really young it uh, when it peaks, it's very obvious. Uh, okay. When I suspect when I suspect that I'm getting close, I'll usually check on her every three hours, just to you know. And it happens pretty fast. You'll go out there and you'll be like, ooh, she's big, and then you go out there three hours later, like, whoa, she's bigger, and then go out there and you're like, ooh, crap. Ouch! <laughs> she's the, that's it, and then by the next morning you'll go out there and you're like, huh? She looks like before she ever even started breathing. So it uh, wow. that's when once she's done that, then then I uh, give her a basking spot and uh, make, you know put her bucket back in there so she can fit in that.
1: Wow! Like it, it's an eight-hour like window there
4: well it just well it peaks like i mean you can look at them and you'll know like that they're building but a lot of people miss the really the the heavy peak of it because they just don't see it you know when it's like i mean when it looks like they swallowed a football you know yeah that only lasts for a few hours like the really the really obnoxious painful ovulation typically holy crap yeah (laughs) yeah Okay. The one where you're like, okay, I don't have to guess anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know what's going on now. All right.
4: but um, I'd say it's typically about a day and a half where every time you look at her, she looks bigger than the last time. And then it culminates my the Okay. Very cool.
1: So how long until, uh, I mean, is it normal Python stuff when you realize that she's gravid is like to when you start getting... Uh, uh, prelay sheds and the actual laying of the eggs.
4: It seems to be a little cr- like white lips shed a lot. They they seem mm-hmm. like they shed more often than a lot of things. Uh, so typically, after she ovulates, she looks like she's going into shed within a few days. Um, okay. The shed seems to take a little longer. So it's I mean it's the typical twenty one to thirty days. Uh, You know, they shed, and then uh, 28 to 32 days she lays her eggs. So it's anywhere from, like, I think 55 to 64 days after ovulation to eggs.
1: And uh, the eggs were, like, uh, size of a – maybe a little bit bigger than a carpet python's, or –
4: um smaller. they were quite a bit bigger than carpet pythons, but the last carpet python oh, I read really? was tiny, so uh, <laughs> I would have to <laughs> I
0: don't
4: I know. I, to, uh, I would have to preface that by saying the last one I've read was minuscule. <laughs> I can tell you and exactly how big the eggs are. Right? I just have to get on my computer real quick. <laughs> They're
1: a lot bigger than chondro eggs. We know that much. So Oh um,
4: yeah. Lots bigger than Chondro eggs. I want to say they were uh, what, the eggs average ninety-seven point three grams. Wow! Yeah, one year it was ninety-seven point three. The next year it was one hundred nine point eight. Yeah, the first wow. buck I had, the eggs were bigger. They've they've gone down the size the last two years. Wow.
1: Uh so incubation, um obviously you don't you don't let her keep the eggs.
4: You don't do maternal uh, no, I know, I take the eggs from her. Ironically so, the last there was a guy, um I think his name was Cliff on the he's a Green Tree Python guy. Uh he mm-hmm. had I wanna say it was twenty twelve. He bred some black white lips saying he let the female maternal incubate him.
1: I, I I couldn't do that. I'd panic the entire time.
4: <laughs> well, he said he said he did it because she was so psycho, trying to take the eggs. That um, I'm pretty sure that's what he told me. <laughs> there was a picture. Yeah. He posted a picture on a forum, and it was like it looked like one of those old cockatiel nest boxes with that you know like that three inch hole in the front, a wood box. Yeah, and there was a right. picture. He posted a picture of him shooting a picture through that hole, and you could see her looking at him like, "I'm going to kill you," and you can see the tops <laughs> of the eggs. So, <laughs> I definitely admire him for giving her a shot. So. Yeah, I. Uh, no, and, I, I, uh, I think he. I know he hatched some of them. I think he hatched them all, but I. I know he did hatch some. Jeez. So <coughs> the. The temps
1: for incubation? Are we looking at like same thing you
4: would do with condors?
5: Yeah, normal stuff. Eighty-eight, five, ninety. You know, cool. Um, I noticed. uh, Better. I was gonna say I was just looking on your website and I was checking out the uh, some of the pictures you have there, and that one female that's basking belly up. um, Basically, is that what you would have? As I guess that's your box that you're talking about, like your nest box and um Yeah. I think a question.
4: That that year was uh okay. I was using like a, a regular hide box just turned upside down. The last couple of years I've used a black five gallon bucket with the top cut off of it.
5: Gotcha. I have a question since you're a Python uh guru, um what's your thoughts <laughs> on why they bask belly up?
4: Um i don't I think it might have something to do with just comfort or trying to get more heat uh directly to the eggs then uh you know i mean if you 'cause they don't most pythons don't like to bask out in the open right uh, so I, it seems that uh you know maybe they're under some cover, and obviously the heat's coming from above, so maybe flipping upside down is their way of getting those eggs up against the warmest possible surface they can without exposing themselves.
5: So I would imagine that your heat comes, you're you're basically using the best, so your heat's from above, right, not from below? No, my heat is uh, with heat tape from the back.
4: Oh, from the back, okay. All right. And (laughs) and that nest box isn't on the heat either, so...
5: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
4: I also think it must have something to do with discomfort because they'll do it whether they're basking or not. So.
5: Have you guys ever noticed, um, uh, just in general, like maybe a couple of days before I- I've noticed with carpets, but I'm just curious with other species of pythons that they kind of twist themselves into like the most uncomfortable looking pretzel knot that you could imagine. Um, it's usually been a sort of a a uh, a sign that like she's gonna lay in about two days for me. Have you ever noticed anything like that? Um, for me I typically I look for
4: um what I call uh, their their head under position and uh it's usually like throughout after the pre lay shed they bask a lot and they'll turn upside down quite a bit, but a couple days or, or a day before they lay, I'll notice that the female's head tends to be on the bottom. Okay. Um, underneath, the, underneath the tail and underneath the rest of the body. and That's when I know, okay, it's getting close.
5: Okay. So, I guess my next question would be as far as you you have the eggs. Uh, what's the time frame for them to hatch? Are they um, longer time frame or 50 uh, days? I
4: believe it was uh 61 days and 62 days on the first two
5: clutches, And I guess my next question would be this, since you're, again, breeding multiple species of Python successfully. You know, I've heard people say that they're lowering the temps um, as far as their incubation or incubator is set. What, what's your thoughts? Where are you shooting for?
4: Um, I've done that. I, I've, a couple of years ago, I went to a walk-in incubator. Um, uh-huh. Well, I have the uh, the temperature probe is in the basically in the middle, and I had it set at 88.5. Uh, what I was finding was my very top shelf was quite warmer, quite a bit warmer than that. Um, so I've backed it down to 88, and I get a pretty good range of uh, temperatures that way. So certain species I can stick closer to the floor, and other things I can stick higher up.
5: Okay cool um now okay so you've gone the the, the whole distance of breeding them you got the eggs they've hatched um any special requirements for the babies i would imagine that uh like we talked earlier hydration is a big issue with these guys is uh are we looking at sheds typical within pythons or is it somewhere like it's not like blood pythons is it
4: no, no, uh, they definitely they go right into shed um it's it's hilarious when they hatch, they're completely docile. they, uh, they are they have these giant yolk sacs, and they are like so tractable and mellow. The first time uh two years ago, when my first clutch hatched, I was out of town, and uh, I told my wife, you know you're gonna have to pull the babies and you gotta weigh each one individually. And um, put it away and I basically told her there was gonna be a lot of bloodletting.
0: <laughs> and uh
4: she called me and was like, Oh, they didn't even put up a fight, they were perfectly mellow and I, I thought that was hilarious. When I got home they were still still like that. Uh but basically after that first shed that's when they they uh turned, so to speak. So, uh, wow. They became white loose. they have huge <laughs> yolks. They don't they don't seem to uh, they they don't show much interest in eating for for a while, uh, but really? they're not hard. Like Ross and Marchek writes that they're hard to get to eat in their book, and that is completely not the case. They just <laughs> if you put it a lot when they're ready, when they've burned through that yolk sac, and when they're ready, and you put a live fuzzy or hopper in there, it's they're going to destroy it. So <laughs> <laughs> they don't have they don't have to be up on a perch or any fancy, you know.
5: I You're think a lot of people
4: it. make a mistake of I think trying to feed them pinkies, and I, I, if I dropped a pinky in there, they probably wouldn't eat it. I mean, it's that's not, that's a tiny meal that's not moving. Um, you know, you put a large crawler, uh, you know, small hopper in there, and they, they seek and destroy machines. In fact, usually if they don't eat, it's because they've grabbed theirs and killed it before the one next to them, and then the one next to them makes a commotion, and so they stop what they're doing to look at what's going on next door. That's, uh, <laughs> they're easily distracted. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I typically, uh, if I'm feeding my baby pythons, I'll feed everybody but them. I'll drop their food in and I'll leave the room. Because if you're in there moving around, they, they'll they grab it and kill it. But if if you're in there and they can see you moving around, they will stop what they're doing to, uh, you know, to Wash be ready it. to fight you. Uh, <laughs>
5: Gotcha. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Um, all right. So, and again, no specific time frame that you're feeding these guys. Just
4: uh, no. I mean, once they stand out, it's. I mean, it typically, I think it was. Uh, I think you probably could have tried feeding them two weeks after they shed, but I don't think I bothered. I think I don't think I offered them food till. I think it was five weeks, maybe five or six weeks after they shed. Okay. But I guess part. But that's I. I think that patience comes with experience. A lot of people. I, I think feeding is a the human condition. We feel like it's a way for us to judge how happy an animal is, and so. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's reassuring to us that they eat, and so we're the ones that want them to eat right away, and if they don't, then we panic. And, you know. know. Mm-hmm. So now I usually just go. Well, I'm just not going to bother till they're good and hungry, and then they always all eat. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a lot less that, stressful that way. But I think that just comes with patience and you know having done this for a while.
5: Yeah, and no I way have, uh, they all eat. So. Not that uh, not the carpets and white lips are the same, but um, I follow suit with the same thing. Um, you know, if they don't eat, I don't. I don't stress about it. And I've noticed that uh, some will go a little longer. I've had one go three months, no food, you know, tried it, offered it, didn't eat, and then all of a sudden it just turns on. Just, oh, now it's time to eat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just kind of.
4: They're pretty similar, you know, scrappy, long, skinny little babies. Um, (laughs) You know, the the white lips are a lot stockier. They're definitely mm-hmm. way substantially more than uh or the southern's do. I haven't produced northern, so I, I understand they're quite a bit smaller, I guess. what's I
5: the weight on the average average baby? <laughs> what are we talking gram wise, average baby? Uh I think it was uh like eighty something,
4: eighty grams the first year and sixty something the second,
5: sixty eight the second man. Wow. They are big. Okay. <laughs> a carpet's
4: a carpet baby's probably longer. Like I think right. they hatch longer, but they uh, my, they're not they they don't have the bulk.
5: My carpets typically hatch maybe twenty two to twenty five grams. That's usually where mine
4: Yeah. I have I I I bred uh IJ's last year and that was the first time I bred carpets since I think two thousand five, so I don't know. it had been been a while
5: (laughs) cool well that's my favorite ones okay Um, and anything special with temps as far as these guys I guess I would tie this question in too and and get your thoughts again being being a python guru do you start putting your babies into the same uh, regimen that you would have your adults in meaning like when they cool down do you cool everything down or do you keep them separate and not give them a cool down?
4: When I first moved out here, I only had one snake building or one snake room, and so I had had the babies in the same room as the adults, which is what I prefer. Um, The babies would get cycled right along with the adults, and uh, I would feed them all through the cycle. I never had any problems with that. Um, I prefer that method. Uh, Currently, I have my babies in a different room because I just needed more room. And the only the only addition I could do would be it was a really skinny narrow room, and so obviously baby racks are the only thing that fits in there. Um, if I had my druthers, I would have my babies in with my adults. Do you, hmm. would
5: you say that that leads to better successes? That because my thinking is is how I approach it is, is that they'll be dialed in, you know, by the time they're ready it definitely, to clean. It definitely does. Definitely. Okay.
4: There's right. no, there's, in my opinion, there's no doubt about it. If you if you produce your most of your breeder animals and you've raised them, and they've experienced your conditions their whole life, I think there's. I mean, I don't. It it can't. It's got to be the best way. They know what they're gonna get every year. That's know what's just gonna, that's gonna happen. Right. Nice.
1: Very cool. So, uh, Ryan, we wanted to get your like. Opinion on the white lip Situations that like that are Kind of like current and Stuff uh with the black Phase uh, they seem There never used to be this talk Of locality stuff until I think it was maybe last year Or the year before when they started Bringing in Tamika's and now they have this Other brand new (laughs) Locality of black phase white lip Um like what's Your take on that do you kind of you know, I, are are you kind of like, oh, like cool, like really nice localities, or is it it's a black face, white-lip, everybody shut up? So.
4: Um, I, I mean, I think it's pretty indistinguishable one from the other, I, I, and I don't believe there's a broken distribution from, you know, you're basically, if you're saying the ones are collected near Tamika, um, that would be the extreme north-west uh, and that would be basically where black white lips aim as a species. They would. They wouldn't. They don't go any farther than that. Uh, okay. The Tana the Mahara region is north of uh, um, Maruki, and that would be the extreme east of their range that we have access to them. They mm-hmm. continue. Their range continues all the way through the uh, Papua New Guinea side. Um, you know, it's the same species throughout uh but as far as what we can get in captivity Papua New Guinea is much like Australia no no import export so everything uh comes from west papua um, I, I i think it's interesting i believe there's probably something to you know obviously dan posted that video the uh animals mm-hmm. appeared to be docile but i find it interesting if you look in the history of herpetoculture, Southerns were basically always considered the more docile species. So for people to act like, uh, you know, docile Southerns is a new thing kind of blows my mind, but I guess, yeah, whatever. But that group, that group seems to be, you know, exceptionally mellow overall. Is there something to that? Probably. But i you know, I've caught rosy boas. I've never had a wild rosy boa bite me, but every captive bred rosy boa I've ever had bite the shit out of me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see. I want to see some captive bred babies. So. Yeah, it's uh, okay. but there definitely seems to be something to it, and you know, I think it's interesting. But I doubt that's the first animals to ever come in from that region. They've just come in from wherever. If anybody ever came in. Yeah, um, I, yeah. Now they're just know. actually telling you where. That's the only difference. It doesn't. Yeah, you know, it doesn't.
1: Exactly. I mean, now they're trying to get at another angle on this. It, 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 we've always been bringing blackface White whips from who cares where. So now all of a sudden we care. So I don't know.
4: I, don't I like mean, it if, it, <laughs> if it proves out that they are more mellow all the way through, you know, captive generations, that's an interesting thing. It does. It's. It is. Taxonomically, it's going to make no difference. There, There's no... It's no subspecies or species like I've heard a few people talk about. It's, uh, that's completely ridiculous, but, um, you know, it... Uh, yeah, I find it interesting. If I had the opportunity to get some, I might. I'd be curious if, you know, if it's a true, that, that uh, mellow... Attitude for that if it goes through multi generations, that's interesting. I would like that, but mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, I've seen a lot of wild snakes that were mellow, and then the captive breds went. So. <laughs> 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 time time is yet to tell the tale.
1: Yeah, that is true. My my most psychotic whitlip was a captive born and bred boy. That um, I think there's makes something makes to the it, captives. I mean, they
4: don't. They don't have yeah. the fear of us. They got they
5: just know the Now, all right <clears throat> I got a quick question when these guys uh I was talking to Rob stone earlier about you know white lips, and when he was talking about how when these guys bite how they kinda like True they don't bite straight <laughs> on they kind of bite from the like they swipe from the side or something have you have you noticed that as well, or is that um
4: you know, I don't I don't know. I, I would say that, like, is he talking about biting like they're biting him or biting food? What was he?
5: Biting him. What
4: was he saying? <laughs> biting, biting him, probably. Him.
0: Yeah. Um,
4: <laughs> well, I could see where if you were saying biting you, you know, most snakes that are biting you, you're holding them, your arms are either to one side or the other of them. So I could see where, you know, you would. But when they attack food, it's, it's you know, head-on, full yeah. force, magnificent, constricting ability (laughs) Um, (laughs) but my uh you know both even my even my uh northerns are are very once you get them out of the cage they i would let my daughters hold them they're completely mellow so that's awesome i wouldn't i haven't had i haven't had a real psycho one in a few years so and if i did i just wouldn't hold it
5: (laughs) (laughs) don't touch that one all right yeah (laughs) He, he we all him. have that snake in our collection. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, yeah, if it don't like me, I'm not gonna force it to. So.
1: Right, <laughs> Man, a water python, yeah. yeah.
4: But the I,
1: I I know in something else we were talking about earlier was, um, all the different. I, I don't know. I, I, it's kind of like some of the things out there say that there's a bunch of different species or subspecies of white lips, and then. There was that one video over the summer, which I'm sure you probably got tagged in a million times, Ryan. Was that red, white lip? Yes. Um, yeah, like what? Like, is, do you think it was one of those species that we've never seen? Did someone no. soak a snake in Kool Aid? Um, Possibly. Like, what was? Possible was. All right, so it was
4: just kind of like a. I, I actually, if, if you want to know my personal opinion, I think what please. probably happened was. Um, you probably had uh, a snake bag or a pillowcase or something like that that was dyed red. Red is typically not a very stable color. Um, uh-huh. And you probably had a, a white lip python in there peeing on it and making it all wet and nasty and sitting in it for however many days. And uh, uh-huh. so if you go, if you go on the assumption it was not done on purpose, then that was probably the likely explanation is that it just happened to be in a red bag of some kind that when right. mixed with white-lip probably, uh, you know, rain, white-lip pee, whatever, um, painted the snake red. Uh, or you could go on the assumption that somebody was trying to make some money and <laughs> actually actually dyed it red. I've seen people do it with uh, North American colubrids. And so it looked exactly like... Uh, I think it was a speckled king. I saw somebody do that with. So, I'm yeah. sure once sh- I'm sure once it shed, you couldn't tell.
1: <laughs> we we saw somebody, uh, or we've seen somebody spray paint a carpet python completely black. Oh wow! So, yeah, it's not within <laughs> the realm of, <laughs> um, it's not within the realm of possibility of somebody trying to make some money. So
4: yeah, no, I, I, and I doubt, uh, I doubt whatever the species. But they think is red in the wild, I doubt it's actually red. Yeah. Red is just red. I mean, red is just not a python color. Pretty much blood pythons, and that's it. Pygmy pythons and red lie, Uh, they are reddish at best. But, <laughs> the, you know, a true red like that is pretty much blood pythons, and that's it. But true. Red is okay. just not a python color.
1: Baby I green pythons,
4: well. I guess. <laughs> Baby ones. <laughs> yeah, and even so, that and even that they're they're uh, seem to be you know, wanting to lose that ability. Quickly.
1: Yeah. Alright. So now we uh now we know and everybody cannot get don't get too excited, people. Well if it was no. really
4: red you'd still see it, right? I mean people yeah, would still be, be going, here's my red yeah. But I you don't animal it,
1: it, it's gone. <laughs> it's, yeah. We
4: saw the one video of exactly. and we've never seen it again. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's exactly. a good point. <clears throat> if, if somebody
4: off. had bought that thing and had a red white lip Python, you would you would probably see a picture of it every other day. So like, it, uh, it clearly uh, it clearly does not probably look like that after it's shed. Nah. The uh
1: the, the white lip um what is it, the T neg or T uh, the the albino or whatever it is they're calling that thing? Um, uh, that's like the only morph that is I get. I'm put like big quotations around morph of white lip that you're aware of, correct? That
0: I guess, uh, whatever yeah, they Pro call
4: Exotics it. had an animal years ago that was similar to that, but they never reproduced it. Um, yeah, that guy has made heads, but he has not proved them out yet. Uh, but apparently, I mean, you can look at that thing and you pretty much know that's a single gene mutation of some sort. Whether you want to call it a hypo, a T positive, whatever, it's. It's. Uh, I'm sure it will prove out once. Uh, you can get the heads to do something. The, yeah, the heads should be about big enough to go now. So,
1: that would be cool.
4: Yeah, that's a stunning snake. That's uh, it's pretty yeah. odd
1: talking Man, I've seen it everywhere. So it would be nice to kind of get some more, and then they can tempt me away from more of my money. So, all
5: right, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right. Um, <clears throat> I guess uh, I would. I'd be curious about um, what uh, I know. This is a little off topic of white bullet pythons, but what's your most anticipated uh, breeding of this season? The thing you're looking forward to the most?
4: Um. Probably Brettles, Python. <laughs> <laughs> so you check it off, right?
0: <laughs>
4: just I just want to check the box, man. So <laughs> I'm hoping uh, I've had them for several years, and like I said, I never I never took them any cooler, and they never showed any interest in doing anything. So I hope that since I actually did take them cooler, that maybe they'll uh, do something. So I'd like to okay. check that box. be. Get that monkey off my back.
1: Cool. I love that that's your answer because, like, you have, like, maclots and, you know, all that other fun stuff, and, you know. Oh, well, I
4: mean, I hope all of it goes, obviously.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want them all to go.
4: Yeah. Yeah. The, the uh Maclots are always fun to produce, Savu fun to produce. But I guess when you've done it a few times, you're looking. You're looking for that next. You're chasing that next hawk. <laughs> yeah, the, the the
1: next one
5: up. Yeah.
4: So you're chasing the when dragon. You,
5: when you check <laughs> off the uh, the gold white lips off of your off your list, what what's like the next uh, species of python that's that you, you feel you need to tackle?
4: Um. Well, any of the species that I have that I haven't bred, well, that would probably. The gold wildebeest. I guess I should. I should revise my statement, and I would be. I'd be way more excited to read the gold lips than the bread light, but I guess I'm. I'm not confident in. <laughs> in the gold lineups, <laughs> yeah. so I'll uh But um, yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, anything. Timor pythons will probably be. I'll probably really start uh, feeding them up and thinking about pairing That's them awesome. up. Um, he pythons. <laughs> oh Helmhar Scrubs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool.
5: I'll
4: probably try
5: them, uh, so, uh you know. Onwards anything, and upwards. Any anything special uh that you're doing as far as Helmhahara scrubs that I mean that's one of those species that's kinda like you don't really there's no information out there on them. They haven't been bred in captivity. You just mm-hmm. Watch and pay attention, yeah. or yeah, just
4: uh, you know. Luckily, uh, the female that I got came in pretty young. The male came in just. I mean, I I thought I was throwing good money away when I bought it. I didn't think it would live, but it's uh, it's doing it's done really well. So I just uh, keep doing what I'm doing, and you know, my attitude most of this stuff anymore. I don't I don't try to do. I used to try to do a lot that I thought stuff needed, and now I kind of just do what I'm doing and, and hope it works for them. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's
0: wow.
1: Brian, yeah, Brian I, has everything I want. I mean, like we were talking about how I need to throw my wallet out the window before I buy a pair of Timors today. So, um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's my
4: that's my favorite species to hate. Well uh, <laughs> so. uh, visually time you visually them? I would have to put them as one of the most stunning Python species they're just gorgeous. From a visual standpoint, they just are I mean, they're crazy looking. They look like I mean, they look like a mad scientist, bad experiment gone wrong. They they're like patternless in the back and they you know that they're like a brown patternless snake in the rear that turns into like a pixelated gold species in the front. It's just a weird, yeah, snake. yeah, it's not A very weird snake. I think they're beautiful. Uh, I I don't love maintaining them. You know they pee a lot and, you know, mm. but I guess it's uh it's my third Pretty time old. having one.
5: So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was uh, gonna say I'll, I'll stick it out this last time. time. <laughs> You had traded them and then got them again and then traded them and got them.
4: Yeah, if I could just look at them and not have to, you know, if I could have an employee just to clean their kids then I'd probably have a of Oh,
0: yeah.
5: I keep telling Owen the same thing. He's gonna get them and then he's gonna. Like, he's I'm gonna get the call, dude. Do you think that you would want these? <laughs> well,
4: let's just, let's they're not bad them. if you don't You're... look at them. You know, if you don't give them any reason to get excited, they're fine, but. The, uh, right. if you touch you them, them the they just start oozing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the same thing with Dominican red mountain boa. You you touch it and it just starts oozing out the back, and you're like, why? I don't
4: yeah. know if they're as bad as those epercradies or whatever. I, I right. I've had some flawless and uh, you know Jamaicans and Puerto Ricans and those things were. I mean, I don't even know why anybody's bothered. That, that, if, that if egg yolk nasty those? that comes out of them is unreal,
0: it's horrible. <laughs>
4: I so, so I much. have mad respect for anybody who keeps those long-term and can oh. handle it. I, I have nothing to love oh. and respect for those people because I couldn't do it. Oh,
1: and the babies were, oh, God, I hated them.
4: Uh, anyway. So like, like what, Tom better... Cutchfield and Jeff Murray and those guys got mad respect. You keeps up all this and love those things.
5: Edgar oh. Fortune, those
4: guys, I mean, I hate them. you got my respect. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if the
1: Timors are better than the Hippocrates, I'll, I'll, I'll I think that would be a step up in the world, in my opinion. So I'll get rid of them, and I'll be like, "Yes, these things only pee half the time."
4: Yeah, so. I think. Well, I think it's 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 not that they necessarily pee half the time. It's just not quite as sticky and might not stink as bad. So done, it's, done. Like, <laughs> it's degrees of nasty. I'm, I'm sold.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm done. Uh, get these things the hell out of my house. So, <laughs> But that's it. And it's the whole thing with sending the team with Eric would probably happen, but he'd just send me more liasses, so we'd be right back where we are right now. I mean, yeah, there you, you
4: go. go. He keeps sending me messages. got of your limitations, times. I guess. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, nah, I mean, I don't know. I. I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of. Like, I'll observe them from afar. I think they're beautiful. Their head scales are amazing. Um, it's almost like retic ish kind of without yeah. being retic. Yeah. Um And uh, they're really cool, but I don't know. I think it. I think it would be like uh, my experience with scrubs. It's like when they become adults and they just want to eat your face. It's like. Um, I don't know.
0: I don't
4: know. <laughs> yeah. In my I sense, they're not
5: too bitey. They just want to pee and flee, so... You
0: know, right. I, would, uh,
4: I mean, they will bite you, but they don't... It doesn't seem to be their main, you know, detractant to messing with them. They, uh, they seem to much prefer to just try to get away.
5: I think they, we, uh... Good. No, I was going to say, uh... There's a question something. here. We got it. We got something. a question here. So, so, so KJ yeah. has a question over here in the chat. He says that he's heard that Timors are essentially an early hybridization between scrubs and retics when Jesus Christ. Oceania <laughs> was all connected. Is there any valid? Is there no. is that a valid theory at all? No. No. Okay.
4: No. That's where I KJ. started. Is people trying to describe it, what a Timor python looked like. People used to say, Oh, it looks like a cross between a retick and a scrub. So right. That is that is not not valid. I would agree. It makes some sense.
1: Okay. All right. Damn. Uh, okay. Here right. Bottom, it was like this kind of a show, it was like, alright, you know, I already I already know I really, really, really want more white lips. So I'm not gonna take away from the show wanting a new species of snake. And here we are talking about Timor pythons, and I'm screwed. So you
4: know, ah, uh, no, It's oh all well. good. You got to have them all.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> baseball cards.
4: How no. many species have you bred? You got to get them all, man. You got to knock them all out at some point. That would be
1: awesome. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do with
4: myself afterwards. Like eventually, eventually, you just hit the,
1: like, eventually, you're just going to hit the plateaus, which are like.
4: Harris, I'm not. Man. I'm not even halfway yet. <laughs>
5: <laughs> what do you do then? Just get another room and start changing. I guess. I guess. I, got, I knocked
4: out twenty so far, but I still got what thirty-five to go, something like that. That's nice. Awesome. Twenty. That's
5: pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. impressive. Pretty impressive. Have you bred like uh Barnecks or anything like that? Just the tannin bars, right?
4: Just Nalta. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Just Nalta. <laughs> scrubs, done. Yeah, I got a long ways. I think, <laughs> what, VPR, uh, I think, bred 31 species. They're in the lead. 31?
1: But... <laughs> wow. 31 species. Jesus.
4: And I think the closest after that is 22, I think. So. Wow. I'm over here. I'm like, I have
1: 10 that I keep, I can't breathe half of them, but I have them, so, so I'm like, yay! Yeah, just-
5: shit, I can't even get out of the genus Morelia, man, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a pretty, you got
4: there's a lot of them in there, so you can, yeah. you can, you can, do, you can I gotta get you know, back on the Morelia happy. train, so I can knock out some of not uh, get my, pad my numbers a little bit, yeah, have you
5: ever thought about getting Inland's, you don't work with Inland's, do you, at Cafe, Ah uh, no! I'm probably gonna get some this year though. Yeah, uh,
4: they're really you cool. You me both. Yeah, I love those
5: them. snakes. So underrated. Yeah, I got Darwin. So uh, they're speaking they're of Darwin. They're way, way old
4: enough to breed, but they're way tiny. So
5: yeah, your I pictures up see at the calendar this
4: month.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is actually Ryan's month.
4: Yeah.
5: Uh, <laughs> beautiful snake. I love Darwins. I think they're, uh, yeah, I'm they're looking forward to uh, looking forward to pairing them up.
4: <laughs> do you think
5: uh are you going to approach them the same as you do uh like IJs? Is that going to be your approach?
4: Yeah, I mean, I typically I'll I'll do the norm first and if it works great, if not, then I'll, you know, have to rethink it, but <laughs> I don't uh, I haven't heard anything to make me think that they're not going to breed, you know, standard issue ways. so
5: I've heard that they have to be a little bit... Seems like the red line and
4: that catfire are the ones with the... The weird yeah. And the diamonds.
5: Yeah. Yeah, diamonds. (laughs) Well, (laughs) eventually one day when we have Imbricata, (laughs) maybe one day we'll be able to see what they're like. You keep grasping at that straw, (laughs) buddy. You don't get your... One day, my friend. One day. (laughs) One day. I don't know when, but, you know, the German porthole will open and... (laughs) And we'll get one. <laughs> On the other <laughs> side, uh, we'll pop out some Morelia and Bracada, and we're like, oh, how did these get here? <laughs> so,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, Ryan, very, very cool.
5: cool. Yeah. Ryan, since you work with like green trees
1: and like scrubs, any interest in caronata rough scales?
4: I got a I got a ton of interest in rough scales. Um, I haven't pulled the trigger yet, mainly. Uh, I I didn't want to buy them from who was selling them, so I'll uh, we'll figure. I'll wait for some of the hobbyists to produce them, then I'll got get them. There you go. Yeah, I'm afraid I kind of you know I've had quite a bit of stuff, and sometimes the anticipation for things is better than the actual thing. <laughs> um, you I don't think to that's it. gonna. I I do not believe that. Um, I will, there will be a letdown with Carinata. I, in fact, you know, given that my favorite species is their closest relative, I, uh, I'm sure I'll be head over heels for them, but, um, you know, I remember back in the <laughs> early nineties when you never thought you'd even see one, yet alone have a chance to have one. So yeah, uh, 20 years of wanting with a couple more. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. Right. Okay. <No> <laughs> okay so the Very so the cool. last thing so the last thing we'll hit on before we uh before we jump off is um apparently uh there's some fans out there that are fans of your aru python aru, uh Chondros. uh any ah. any anything going on this year with your uh aroo project um well my uh my main female went last year so
4: i uh I was hoping that a couple of my younger ones would be ready to go, but so far you put a male in there and they just run from them. So, so wow. it doesn't look promising for this year. So I have a feeling it's going to be an Aru baby free year, but I've got, I'll wow. enjoy raising up the ones from last year and seeing how they turn out and look forward to
5: a better shot next year. Cool. Well, the ones that uh, that are that you're growing up, are you seeing any of the uh, the high white coming through on those?
4: Yeah, oh yeah, the two females that I produced in 2010 are, are off the charts, crazy. The uh, really? one of the one of the ones that I produced in 2013 is, I would say above average, and then I've got the babies from last year, so it'll so, be interesting to see how they turn out. So
5: you feel yeah. you're cracking the uh, the code of the High white chondro, you know. You
0: feel um, your.
4: I don't know. I. I I mean, I have my opinions on this on the matter. I don't. Uh, it's time will tell if it's correct or not.
5: Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> yeah, they cool. I I find my favorite of the chondros to be uh, the Marokkies because I I like the white stripe. And the green snake, I think there's nothing better than than that look. Um, yeah, just, I I love the uh, Marukis. I used to, I had a
4: couple, and but when I started focusing on the Aruz, I didn't want anybody to accuse me of, you know, breeding them together. Awesome. <laughs>
5: <laughs> the Python Police will get you. Yep, Doing that, that. yeah. You know. <laughs>
4: well, and I want to, you know, I want to be able to keep all my babies and raise them up because I think that's a big key, making sure you end up with the best babies to raise up again. And, right. Uh, I can't, I mean, I just can't in perpetuity keep, you know, trying to breed for high white stripe, high white this. You know, you can only do yeah. so much. So Sure. I decided that uh, I wanted to focus on uh, those. But, I mean, I have. I've gotten, I've got the northern species again. so. Oh, cool. See what happens. Oh, nice. It's been a while oh, since I've read some of so
5: Awesome. You uh you can definitely tell tell a difference between those two when you see them uh next to each other for sure. Oh I, yeah. think. I mean you could
4: <laughs> tell it was pretty obvious when I first got into it, but <laughs> 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 it's like I see one is an uh, all yellow baby and <laughs> <laughs> oh whatever.
5: <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, so um, they, they will forever
4: is... hold on to their one issue. Uh, it'll be hard I know. for them to have, so. I know. There
5: know? was a big dis- there was a big discussion about that on um one of the scrub scrub boards uh Facebook groups and uh you know, you know, they're making a a thing about you know breeding crossing species or localities and whatnot and you know my feeling is is that it's going to fall follow, follow the same thing as um what happened with chondros you know if if it doesn't make i don't know it seems to make sense to me that if chondros are separated by the mountain and you know um you have northern species and the southern species you have it with white lips why wouldn't it be the same with scrubs why would they be different it i don't know it doesn't make well any they sense. are
4: different it's just they have not been taxonomically separated yet but they are clearly right. everything that occurs on both sides of the mountains is different right cassowaries on both sides of the mountains are different species I mean, right almost every animal that's closely related that occurs on both sides of the mountain is a different species right Right. That's
5: what I was trying yeah. to argue with uh, with people, you know, trying to explain that at one point they're going to be different species and you would have had mixed them and that would be mm-hmm. no different than breeding a brettel jag, you know, <laughs> it really won't, yep. you know, but for some reason, if you breed a brettel jag or a carpondro, that's evil, but if you breed, you know, an aru to a bioc, that's Okay. <laughs> No?
4: Well, I I mean there's a different culture though. I mean those the um the green python people for years I mean it's one of the most there's been more effort probably put into that. If let's just say species instead of two species. There was more right. effort in her pediculture to for that species than almost any other species. Um right. but if you go back far enough they didn't they didn't know anything about i mean they knew it was coming from new guinea you know or indonesia <laughs> right they didn't you know so they were lucky to get whatever they could get and so yeah, they that's bred those point. animals together and they uh you know they created a whole captive lineage of animals that you know from just wherever they could get and it wasn't until i think the early 90s that they actually started coming in and saying, oh, this is a Biok, and this is an Aru, and this is that. And it, uh, you know, caused quite a stir because people, some people wanted those, and other people that were already well-vested in the green pythons didn't like it because they didn't want it to devalue what they were doing. And so it was obviously a very concerted effort to, uh, you know, to basically, you know, Show that they there was no difference. There's nothing special. You don't know anything about them, you know. Buy what we're doing. Support us. And I do. I support captive breeding. I'm not. I'm not against. You know that. But at the same time, you know you shouldn't just because you don't agree with something or don't like it. Don't necessarily uh, mean it isn't to ruin, true. <laughs> ruin that. Yeah. Uh, you know. I was kicked. Yeah. Off, I was kicked off of a forum. Years ago, because <laughs> I didn't, uh, I didn't fit in. My opinions on such things.
5: You didn't but, drink the Kool-Aid. All right. Jeez. <laughs> Fair enough. Um. All right. So, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, Ryan, uh, throw your info out there so they can uh, follow what you have going on.
4: Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm easy to get a hold of. Uh, my website is www.molecularreptile.com. Uh, I have a Facebook page. I have a personal Facebook page. Um, you're all, you know, welcome to get in touch with me any way you want. So, cool. i so phone numbers on all the pages. So if you want to chat, awesome. I'm available. Awesome. Very
2: well,
5: cool. I appreciate you uh, coming on and uh, talking white-lipped pythons with us, and uh, I hope you have... Uh, You know, great rest of your season, and hit that bread lie so you can check it off.
4: (laughs) I hope so. I appreciate it. (laughs)
5: All right. Have a good night, Ryan. You too. Take care. Thanks, Ryan. Bye. All right. So, did you get your uh, white lip fix there, Owen? Are you... uh... (laughs) Yeah, I did. And now I want Uh them again.
1: I mean, I I do have... Uh, how many golds do i have right now i have 1.2 baby golds
5: uh huh
1: right and then i ha then i have this project that i've been keeping a secret from you as well as everybody else uh for months uh. now i have 1. Point- i have 1.1 adults golds that are what? together and i i know <laughs> so and- loser I'm, hope- <laughs> I'm hoping for some eggs so i don't know uh, so we, i have them
5: and uh i don't know i it, am i am revoking uh, wait a minute hold on stop the stop the phone you already revoked I,
1: it you already revoked the one no of card. i what am god, revoking you your
5: eb Moralia <laughs> uh guest host discount card no, oh, oh.
0: <laughs>
5: keeping things from me oh, oh my goodness I, oh my god
1: oh. <laughs> I can't revoke that card it's unrevocable <laughs> <laughs> you shut up. I have shredded. So, <laughs> um, oh, my god. Anyway, we'll we'll have this argument off air. But um see, <laughs> I'm hoping for them, but you 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 know and you know it's been like stuck in my freaking craw since that Tinley Park show with Chad um where I don't have blackface white lips. Um I mean, and I absolutely love blackface white lips. I have one tattooed on my body. I do not have any Blackface (laughs) White Lips here. So it's been this constant gnawing thing at the back of my head. So you know I'm not going to let another summer go by without Blackface White Lips. But then, of course, I'm like, I would also like another pair of upscales. I'd also like some, you know, McCaffey. I would also like to eat maybe at some point this summer. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff, but White Lips are so close to the top, and they're so cool. I mean, I remember taking you to go see all the White Lips. And I'm like, aren't these things amazing? You're like, I love the berm, and I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> <So it's laughs>
5: I do remember that Shut trip. That <laughs>
1: stupid freaking berm! <laughs> <laughs> so
5: like, well, let's so let, me, like, let me I, let let me recreate that trip uh, real quick, so you can get really an idea trip. why. Anyway, we go into this room, which is like what was called Site B, which just upon entering <laughs> the room has all the uh what i would call miscellaneous pythons that you could imagine i mean there's like the a, evil what, pythons a 10 foot Meraki scrub in a cage and yeah. um which i never saw a scrub that big as an adult you know so i'm like holy yeah. shit uh and really and impressed with that were there. yeah,
1: yeah. And, and he pulls and, out and the uh <laughs> the other ones there but yeah go ahead
5: yeah chris pulls out the um, well, your olive pythons were tiny at that point, but Chris pulls were, out – They were so teeny. Yeah. Yeah. He pulls out of that uh, – he pulls out a big, huge uh, white-lip python, and it's just – It's gold. Like, yeah. It's just biting him. <laughs> it's biting the air. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, we got rid of that one. That was, uh, I didn't like that one. No That's sudden like, movements. It's, you know – like, yeah. Me and Zach are cowering in a corner like, oh, my God, <laughs> how are we going to get out? <laughs> there, were,
1: there were a few of them that were like, open the door and it was death. Now, I, And I totally attribute that to them being, we got them as adults. So, I mean, they had moved from place to place to place to place to place before they finally arrived with us. And they were yeah. all psychotic. I yeah. mean, right now, the three white lips that I'm raising up, the babies, the girls are beautiful. They're fine. They're uh, well, one I got from Steve Tillis last year, she's a little twitchy, but right out of the cage, she's totally fine. The little baby girl uh, that I got from Sean, he's a breeder up here, who produced four of them, she's amazing. She's incredible. She never puts up a bad fight, never does anything. Then the male who I got, he's a hes a wild caught that I got as a tiny little baby. He's a dick. <laughs> I mean, he's, he he runs, he pisses, he bites. And all I can think about is all I need now is for one person like Chad to have gold faced white lips this year and your ass is out of here. <laughs> get me a boy from somebody else. But
5: right.
1: it's it's just like that where sometimes it's a crapshoot. But of course, if it's a crapshoot and you get a nasty one, but you've been feeding it guinea pigs for the past three years, now you have this ten foot long evil <laughs> like Rocking with teeth, and that's what our goldface project was. For yes. a bunch of years with just these huge animals that did not care about breeding and had these huge chips on their shoulders. And just, I, like, the amount of stress that they would go through for them and me for cleaning because I had to move them out. And as I'm moving them, they're trying to bite me. They're freaking out. They, they, there was no way those animals were ever going to breed. They would never right. calm down. That, right. That's why I don't have any white lips right now, is we're still rebuilding that. So, yeah, that was your first exposure to white lips.
5: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm like, what?
1: Huh? Tears. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: don't know I like about this one. Yeah. <laughs>
5: this, this might be <laughs> one of those species that uh, I admire from afar. <laughs> yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so I was black
5: toilets are gonna happen again and uh so yeah, uh for me what's scary food. is is that uh I was telling you before we came on the air I'm in the process mm-hmm. of uh of getting a house. Right? So Yeah. <clears throat> um yeah, one of the cool things it's funny, you know, my sister is uh is the realtor and um you know, she gave us she gave us these houses to check out, and you know my stipulation is, what does the basement look like? <laughs> that's all I care. Like, uh, what what is uh, the basement mm-hmm. look like, and uh, how big is it? And you know, there's this one house, this beautiful house. The basement has all these like, uh, you know, like closets all along the wall, and I'm like, well, this isn't gonna work because I can't put cages in front of that. That's that's not gonna work. Um, so you know i'm passing on houses and um uh, i'm just looking for that perfect uh you know basement um and my fear is this is now i'm going to ha- i'm i'm going to be going from a room that is pretty much you know every corner of that room is taken up by cage space and i'm going to go and plop that collection into a big huge room and say oh shit. I got so much space. (laughs) That's a problem. You're going to do that,
1: and then you're going to get a bunch of racks, and you're like, and where'd all this space go? I mean, like, the way I have mine drawn up is I'm going to get two new cages for the olive pythons because they need them, and then I'm going to be maxed out on space again.
5: Well, I've been – I don't know. I'm trying to put this in – in in theory it sounds good, but one of my approaches is going to be – I did this before in my old reptile room is to have two different rooms, one that's gonna be warmer mm-hmm. where I keep the uh you know, the northern species and one that would be cooler, where I would keep the southern species, you know, like diamonds and breadlee and yeah. inlands and stuff like that. Um and uh a quarantine room and you know, quarantine
1: is always important, in my opinion. So yeah. that that if you can get a quarantine room, that's awesome.
5: Yeah. So uh, that's kind of like, kind of going to be my approach. Um, you know, it it may take a little while, but uh, you know, my fear is is that <laughs> just like you had the previous year, <laughs> moving and your season getting all mm-hmm. jacked up and yeah,
0: you know,
1: all messed so. up and. I Dude, I'm still not 100% in my opinion, um, just because this this year I had a bunch of males that didn't go, I had a bunch of females that are not going, or kind of going, or don't really care, and I had uh, an, uh, had one or two RIs that hit some of my older males that never happened before, so I'm still uh, not 100% on this one, so it's like I'm still learning. It's going to take you a year or two to get back into the swing of things, which sucks. But, yeah. and, and it's funny because, you know, I was talking with Nick last year, and he goes, you know, well, what do you want? You know, I usually put in an order for one or two animals with him, you know, a summer. And he goes, so do you want this year? I'm like, I keep it low. Oh, my God, I had a really bad season. He goes, no snake money. I'm like, no snake money. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get that fabled snake money from selling the babies. And he's like, that does suck, and that will happen. But you'll recover, so you want the olive pie. And I'm like, stop it! It's like you know there was he was kept going. So it's like it, it sucks, but you do you do bounce back. It just takes a bit. It's almost like relearning everything you've learned over the past three years, four years, however long you've been breathing.
5: Enjoy. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting for sure. But I think once yeah. uh once everything's settled in, you know, the. You know, I'm there long term, so it's not like not, I'm going to be going anywhere so or anything exactly. like that. Exactly. So, my suggestion,
1: and something that I totally screwed up on, is if you have a grand plan for the room, buy the house and do everything, like, to a T, and then bring the snakes in. Like, dude, I was wandering around without a door for a while. And yeah. it's like, I really should have done that before there were animals in there. It's like, you know, do everything immediately. Oh, yeah. And then well, bring the animals. I screwed that up. Don't do what Owen does. Also, don't yeah, move was- them in the middle of a snowstorm. So
5: <laughs> I was talking to Rob about that earlier. I'm like, uh, so so Uh-oh. I've learned everything what not to do. <laughs> Owen's an idiot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. Well, I mean, you know, you didn't really have a choice your- in the matter. It, it's kind of no. like your time was – it's time. <laughs> so you that, that do window what you closing. Do. <clears throat> yeah. So, but, uh, Jeez. no, I, I, I I'm going to have it planned out a lot. Uh, well, Better. I, well, I hope, yeah. you know, <laughs> cause I, I don't want to be moving in the winter. I don't want to be moving in the summer. And, and basically, yeah, I, uh, I would actually pay you. to be at my house. Um, cause right now I rent. So, Basically, right. I would pay to be here you'd an be extra paying, pump yeah. <laughs> just yeah. to make sure that uh, everything is yeah. up yeah. to par temperature-wise and all that. Smart. Yeah. Everything
1: was working. You can, yeah.
5: You know, it's, yeah. it's yep. cool Don't... because we, uh, one of the cool things, and this is going to sound stupid, but these are the little things that I think about. I have, um, from my from my work, they have like those large stainless steel tables. You know? Those are amazing. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. I already have I already have two of them because That's they were fantastic. getting thrown away. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, this is gonna be so good. To oh have a my case? god <laughs> <laughs> You know? Like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? <laughs> I told you, if you see any like big
1: utility things, hide it. Just grab it and I'll come down and get it. So yeah. But it's like to have that kind of stuff. Hanging in the background to, to to eventually start doing it, like eventually you're just gonna. This is the snake room you've always wanted to build, and that's why yeah. I think moving for a reptile guy is ridiculous or girl. Like moving for a reptile person is incredible because you sit there in that big empty space and you go, Oh my god, I get all oh, the things I can do and the cages I can put here, and then eventually the voice of reason steps in and stops you from putting them in every single room in the house. But to make <laughs> the room that you're going to be doing your main stuff in. The way you want it to be, what you've always kind of pictured it, is yeah. awesome. And it may not come together all quickly. Like I'm, I'm, I'm. Like I told you, I wanted to get the utility sink downstairs. I'm still working on that and a few other things. But eventually,
5: this will be the way I want it to be.
1: So Yeah. I have to another help, thing about putting it in <clears> the <throat> store and stuff. But yeah.
5: Good another thing which I don't know. I don't. I, I, I'm sure it's relatively simple to hook up. But you know how they have those yeah. hose hookups on the wall. Where you just have like a yes. hose and you take it off? the <laughs> <Andrew> wall. Ha- <laughs> Andrew has yep.
1: one of those for his monitors, and I'm like, that yep. is amazing.
0: <laughs>
5: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got to find I, it, a way to plum it, and yeah, done. Yeah, hashtag wow. Herper's dreams. You know, like oh, I'm God. so excited yeah. about a sink. <laughs> I'm not Ooh, cleaning cups in a bathtub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But uh I think at that point I will definitely move to uh to uh more cages uh for a lot of my carpets. You know. Um, well I, mean, I know a lot of you guys
1: are getting on the bigger side now too, right?
5: Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of uh animals that are are, are coming up the side. But even my even my bigger ones are not even really that big, but still, I mean big enough to where it would warrant like a a four foot cage or a three, a three footer. Foot, probably yeah. even a three footer I could get away with. What are yours? Are yours three foot or four foot? I have I have both.
1: Fours and threes.
5: Okay. What's your like I have, your main
1: uh, fours oh your carpets? I have well the main here's the thing, the boys the boy carpets as well as some of the smaller females are in three footers. Then right. I have the remnants of what I used to do and then I have my monsters. And they're all in four footers. So it's like there are certain carpets that will fit in a four-footer and there are certain ones that will fit in a three-footer. And now that i am kind of gotten to the point where if a male starts breeding, he stops seeing food regularly and stuff like that because now I don't need to get any bigger. You're doing what you're doing. Um, right. Girls, I'll, let like, get a little bit bigger. So I have some animals that are going into the four-footers. But, of course, there are some animals that are using the four-footers that aren't carpet pythons, like, you know, the Max. Uh, right. The olives are in fours right now, but they're moving into sixes. So you know, it's give and take, but mostly I have more four footers than I do threes. But a lot of carpets can get away in the threes.
5: So Right.
0: Yep. Cool.
5: All right. Um let's see. I don't know if there's anything else really to hit on. Um I don't I don't know. Do you got anything else that you want to hit on?
1: I got a show coming up, in Hamburg, and everybody should pressure Eric to come with me, so that he can Uh, come to Hamburg.
5: I think I am ninety percent into that. Like uh, I have a little bit of a bump in the road with my work, but if worst case scenario, it would be I would be showing up a little later. But um, that's fine. Yeah, more than likely, I will. I will definitely be there.
1: And then that's that. All I got
5: is really nothing else. I want to
1: hit on. If uh, what do we got going on next week?
5: All right. So next week is um, a possibility that I won't be here. But um, (laughs) oh my god, I I quit. (laughs) I'm Um, doing that again. You promised me. Yeah, I'm gonna try my best, but um, I will be in Florida. Uh, Uh. uh, And I don't. I don't know. We'll see. But, anyway, the yeah. show that's lined up is, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, is a Carpondro show.
1: Wait and, a minute. You're uh, going to leave me, and then you're going to do a Carpondro show. It's Bill, isn't <laughs> it? It's Bill that's coming, isn't
5: it? Yes. Bill is Bill is yes. coming. All right. Um, and, um, you know, to, uh, we have John M., and then we have John Battaglia uh, will be uh, joining as well to talk about con- our Carpondros. Um, oh, my God. Love them, hate them, you know <laughs> what's your uh, what's the take what, on your, them? Pick your poison, yeah, yeah. So uh, it should be cool. I think I think it'll be a it'll be a good show. Um, but uh, yeah. hopefully, I can try. Even if I'm a little late to the party, I might be able to come on uh, later. So um, that we got See that, and works. then um, the week after that. On uh, my calendar in front of me, I want to say, "Who's after that?" Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I know we have some cool carpet shows coming up. Um, the one I'm really looking forward to is uh, our friend Darren Whitaker um, talking about the history on the Silver Pepper Inland. Uh, that's how yeah, He can't have them, and he has them all. Yeah. Yeah. So. He hasn't yeah. even released them in Australia <laughs> yet, so... Um, like, again,
1: it's, it's everybody, it's, it's a whole show about how Darren has these things, and all we can do is look. Yes. Bad show.
5: Because <laughs> 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 I want them. We'll all be psyched we'll up. We'll be
1: and, very upset. Yeah.
5: yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, tune in to that one. That's uh, first, first week in March. And I think after that, That's sometime cool. we're going to go... Uh, the um, venomous show that we missed will be hitting with uh, yes with Scott um, and uh, that that'll be fun. Um, I'm I I don't even know how to really approach approach that like what you know like because <laughs> what's important what, what what shouldn't we touch Scott everything okay
0: it's like,
5: you know... yeah. I've never you have
1: never handled venomous have you.
5: So you, your dad yeah. had a
1: bunch of venomous. Yeah, aboom. I've been, I mean, yeah, yeah. Obras, rouse I've, I've, handled, I've handled a cobra and a gaboon viper, and I'm still alive, but yeah. you know, they're not King Browns. So, I mean, no, Australia is a whole added. other level, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're <know>, got. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a whole <laughs>
0: Those
1: other are like level. Forest cobras on steroids. It's like, no. <laughs> So, um, no dude. So that'll be an interesting show.
5: Yeah, no doubt. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So I guess what I would throw out there is that if you guys have any, um, you know, questions or things that you would want to hit on, obviously it would be geared towards Australian, um, uh, venomous, uh, snakes, uh, is kind Mm of what God's specialty is. Um, we will uh we will get that in for you. Um I don't know if anybody have seen the uh I'm going to throw this out there real quick. I got the new Scales and Tails uh magazine which is pretty awesome yeah. by the way. Yeah. I don't understand why people that are into uh into Australian reptiles wouldn't have this magazine. Um you know, it's pretty freaking awesome. Anyway, on the front cover is I albino. make no
1: comment because I'm one of those people.
5: But all right. <laughs> <laughs> the albino. Um, what? We have a caller. I, we do. I, I, yeah. or
1: isn't that that? I don't know. You you have the control panel.
5: I mean, there's people, I'm but I think the message that. about a. Cur- Somebody just sent me a message about caller on the line. Okay. They want me to click them on. And eh, whatever. All right. Know. <laughs> Click 972. What's going on, guys? Clicking. Hey, what's up? What? This is Evan. Yo, what's Ow. up, man? How you
2: doing? You can, you, I'm doing all right, man. I there. just wanted to uh, I just want to call and thank y'all, man, because I, I just love this show. And y'all have done so much
5: for this <laughs> hobby,
2: for this community. And, I mean, it's just great. The only problem I have is every time I tune in, there's some new guy talking about some different uh, different type of snake, and now here I am thinking, "Damn, I might need some white lips." Damn, I, I don't <laughs> want to check out a scrub, <laughs> and it's just like
0: uh, that. I can't. I can't do show? that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, you can. <laughs> How do you think I'm gonna you do like, like Owen guard? and just
2: throw my wallet out the window.
1: Yeah. Well, you do understand if you go back to the backlog when we started this show, I had five coastals, and that's all I had. So. <laughs> coastal hmm. Large?
5: I'm pretty sure. This, yeah. The coastal part has since <laughs> it's, it's, since been revoked. Shut <laughs> up, you!
2: And I've never <laughs> been around white lips, car. man. All I've all I've heard is the bad stuff about white lips. But they're just so beautiful, and you know you can get past the biting. Work with them; they'll calm down.
1: No, yeah. but you can um, avoid the biting by not touching them. So <laughs> <Yeah>. there's, <laughs> then there's that. <laughs> there's that. Yeah. I mean, you go just not not touch them, and then yeah. But there's they're they're one of those species that all you ever hear is the horrible part of it and no one ever really takes the time to bring them out and show you it. So, yeah, go get white lips. And, I'll and I do I do believe that
0: right
2: a, I do believe that a lot of it's going to end up being kind of like the retics. I remember when they first started how how vicious they were and how nasty tempered they were. Mm-hmm. And once you get that captive breeding going, that that viciousness kind of tends to to dissipate and it's not there as much anymore. And so I think once they get started with the white lift they just keep breeding them and breeding them and then uh get those captive bred going, they'll calm down.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: I think so. Uh I Hopefully. think that with uh with any species you 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 you'll see that um which is awesome. So they are beautiful, beautiful animals for no doubt. Uh but i don't know <laughs> it's like when you don't have and and here here's here's the worst part of it when you talk to all these different breeders and they get you excited about a species and then you're like you don't have any room so then you're like well, what am i going to get rid of in order to get them and <laughs> you know it's like you're in this vicious truthful, bug, yeah. you know oh man so i but yeah I, I
2: just want to tell you guys thanks man I appreciate the shows. And I'm sure everybody does that tunes in and listens. And it's just full information, and it's wonderful, and keep it up. No, oh,
5: man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. No doubt.
2: And, uh, by What's the up? way, I, I hope you to get some plane tickets and make it down here April 30th for Southern Carpet Fest.
5: Well, you know, I'll, I'll be, be there. Be there <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll be there because I'll tell you what, last year was a blast. Um, I'm trying to get Owen into it, but, you know, he's him and and... (laughs) hauling. That's
1: right, that's right. Put me on the spot immediately on air. Yeah, you're
2: going to miss out, man. It was so much fun, and it kind of happened a little earlier this year. I thought we were going to try to make it around the same time, and Bill kind of hit me up and was like, hey, let's do it. I was like, let's do it. And it's starting to come together, and I think this year is going to be better than last year, and Owen, don't miss
1: out, man. Well, when I uh, I'll hook up with Eric at some point, reason soon because we got to go over a bunch of stuff, and he and I will discuss it. And if I can, I will be there.
5: Yeah, he'll be there. He's if not going to be there. <laughs> if he I have to sell his out. snakes at Hamburg, he'll be there. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
5: no doubt. Awesome. Go ahead. All right, Yeah. Cool. Cool.
1: But thanks,
5: Evan.
1: Yeah, All
2: right, thanks. man. Y'all take care.
5: You too. Appreciate it. Yeah. You too. We'll see you. That's awesome. <clears throat> That's always good. To yeah. You know. Your... You know what, Owen? I'm well, I'm I'm gonna vent what? a little bit before we get off. Oh, okay. I'm gonna vent.
1: Before you do it, before you do it, pause for two seconds. Thank you, Evan, for coming on and telling us how much the show means to you. If you are a fan of the show, please go over to thereptilereport.com and give us a vote for radio show of the year on the Reptile Report. Voting, you can vote once per day for your favorite radio show. We hope that's us. All
5: right, away. Yeah. Okay, so I'm a huge. Go as ahead. you know, I have a two-hour drive. Well, actually, it's a, a three-hour drive total every day, right? Back and forth, to and from. Right. All sure. right. So yeah. <clears throat> with that drive, I have come to rely on podcasts as my. <laughs> uh, Way to, way to way to get me through, yeah. And yeah. it's even better when I have reptile podcast. But man, where's the consistency, people? Good lord!
0: <laughs> I mean, come on.
5: <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge fan of all of the shows, you know. And I understand. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I understand how much work, how much time, and how everything that goes into it. I guess the only thing yeah. I would say is that. You know what, I think this is just, and usually I don't say this, but I think we deserve a little bit of a bump just for the consistency. Would you agree?
1: I would agree. Also, I would agree just on the sole purpose of, have you ever seen our fan base a week when we don't have a show? We're <laughs> yeah, like, like, something goes wrong, or, or 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 like the the blog talks down, and we have to cancel a show, they lose their freaking minds. And not because, like, we're the most amazing hosts ever, far from it. It's no. because they now have to go find something else to listen to on their commutes or they, or while they're cleaning or while that other stuff. It's like, it, if, you to, if you take that away, it sucks. I mean, I don't listen to us. I, I can't stand the sound of my own voice. But,
5: um. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> So no, on Super Bowl on Super Bowl no. night, right? On Super Bowl night, yeah. I'm, I I was uh, closing my store, and um, uh, because I could give two shits about football, and the rest of my employees <laughs> <laughs> they do. So I I, I worked the, the late shifts so that they could uh, they could watch the game and whatnot. But anyway, Not I'm like thinking. All right, it was in it or ever will be. But you know that's, that's just for that's just for Matt. Yeah, but from a business point of view, Philadelphia Steelers, it's all the same. Um, it makes no difference. <laughs> but you and I will have a conversation about that later. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, I come out. Um, I got to drive home. It's late at night. Usually, I'm in bed at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like I think I got done at like twelve thirty. So I go to bed at like no. 10 o'clock, because I'm going to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but anyway, I'm coming out, and I'm thinking, oh, all right, right, so I'm going to have some reptile shows to listen to on my way home. Nothing. And I'm like, son of a bitch! Damn it! Damn you to hell, uh, how, people! How,
1: how mad were you, and how badly were you yelling at your
5: steering wheel? You know, <laughs> you know I, had, I text Rob Stone, and I was just like, I just put W-T-S.
0: <laughs> just well, like, what?
1: Well, the, the, the Serial podcast is back, and I know you and I have endorsed that a few times. I've listened to
5: all those. The only other one that oh, I listen yes. to like <laughs> that comes out consistently is uh, is Joe Rogan. But other than that, you know, yes. it's like, you know, you get a special high, like, when you're listening to Reptile. Like, I get a lot of good ideas because there's a lot of good, other, you know, Reptile podcasts out there. And, like, when I'm listening to it, even though they may be talking about, you know, um, – the species, the species that I something control. else, but, um, you know, they may yeah. talk about, you know, maybe the, the hobby part of it, the breeding part of it, the business part of it. They may approach it in a different way that I, I might not have thought of anyway. You know, I'm just saying that if <laughs> I know from a listener's point of view, like I think the only other ones that are consistent on a regular basis that I see consistently and always bring it is GTP Keeper Radio. They only do it once a quarter, but mm-hmm. they always show once a quarter, you know. And although that's not enough for my taste because man, I want to hear more. I understand that this is what they they can bring and they do it consistently. So, I appreciate that. Um, but I don't know. It's just kind of a silly rant, but <laughs> It's like, come on, guys, step up the game. <laughs>
1: and, and that's something you've
5: been—that's something you were preaching from day one—is the consistency
1: and God always making sure the episode came out all week. Which is why yeah. when we have those like two weeks around Christmas, we don't know what to do with each other. It's just like I there. So yeah. I yeah. Mean, well,
5: we don't do that. Uh, we only do it during the Christmas break, simply because it's the only time that yeah. people aren't paying attention. You know? <laughs> no, no no one cares. No, no they're one They're all they're they're all busy <laughs> yeah. with their holidays and whatnot and then when it's all over they're like, Yeah, Hey, wait a minute. It's it been two be weeks really,
1: since Yeah, <laughs> and it would be really hard to nail down a guest if it was like, you know, can you come on the day after Christmas? No. No. No one can yeah. come
5: on. Yeah. So, But yeah. anyway. Um yeah, give us Any give doodle. us some love. Show us some love. You know, we try to we try to make sure that you have a show every week to listen to. Some are better than others, uh, I realize, but uh, <laughs> for the most part, you're going to have, well, <clears throat> for definite, you're going to have a show to listen to every Tuesday night or Wednesday morning or whatever the case may be. Um, I think there's a lot of cleaning going on on Tuesday nights. A lot of snake cleaning happening I, I on think, Tuesday yeah. nights. I would be interested to see how many, like, because I will do my cleanings
1: uh, in the beginning of the week and then in the end of the week, and then on Wednesdays, usually when I scrub and clean all the water bowls, so it's like, I would be interested to see how many people do their cleaning around when podcasts and stuff like that come out, or if you would just rock the music or um, other stuff, I mean, like, it, it just depends, you know, yeah. I I guess yeah. Wednesday
5: is usually everybody's cleaning day. So <laughs> I uh <clears throat> I remember, you know, I've said this multiple times, but you know, I used to get so not not mad, but I would be so disappointed when I would go to listen to Reptile Radio on Sunday going to work and you know, there wouldn't wouldn't be an episode there. And for the most part those guys for years were consistently on Saturday night, you know, it would be every Saturday night, oh. you know. Um thank God
1: these
5: so, days. I mean hey, I don't know what the yeah.
1: hell was wrong with you?
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just following what they were doing, you know. And like uh, like I said, so here's my advice. If anybody out there wants to start a podcast on reptiles, freaking do it, man. Don't let anybody tell you you, <laughs> can, you can't <laughs> be, yeah. you know. There's there's if you have a species that you're into or, you know, if there's uh I don't know, if there's a particular topic that you think warrant uh, some talk. Maybe you wanna just talk about your particular uh, breedings that you're doing and you have, make awesome notes and uh, you know, I don't know, there's just there's a lack of it and I think there could be more of it and you know, you just gotta do it and you just have to be consistent. You know? Just be consistent. That's all. Half the half the battle is showing up. You know, <laughs> that's all you got to do is just show up. So when you're sitting there and you're voting and thinking about which podcast is the best, give us a little bump because we're, you know, the consistent quarter. Cool. And yeah. and share it. Spread the word. We want to get the word out there to all the different, uh, you know, people that might not know about uh, Moralia Python Radio because what we're trying to do is just get uh, – you know the guests that come on here or what make the show um they're sharing mm-hmm. their information, their experiences um you know with their years um of uh you know of experience of breeding and keeping uh the different species that we work with you know um yeah. and, and,
0: <laughs> most of them
5: do it, they don't get paid for it. I mean you know they'll get oh a no, bump. we don't have money <laughs> <laughs> i don't I don't know if they get a bump from. You know, I would imagine that everybody wants the species once they're uh, you know, once they hear the person talk about it. Well, you it, and you I know, end up. I do. Up yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, um,
1: they get two customers just by talking to us, which is.
5: But yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So go over there, vote for us, show some love, and rant over. <laughs> Good um, job. Uh, for our website. Uh if you want to get in touch with us uh, as far as uh, you know, suggestion for a show a guest, a question for an upcoming uh, a guest um, you know, something that you want us to talk about on one of our um, Owen and Eric shows, uh, feel free to send it to info at com. all up uh, show show um, uh, uh, miss uh, what would you say <laughs> if we have misspoken on the Mistakes. show or <laughs> said yep. something that's wrong Blunders. direct those messages yep. to Owen McIntyre <laughs> yeah, yeah that's Owen
1: at Merlea Radio dot com because uh, that's an email I was given that I have never actually checked
0: so oh, wow. I don't know
1: what's in there good, yeah. good times yep <laughs> <Yeah>. yep <laughs> that happened yeah anyway that's it there
0: <laughs> Um, Send it there
5: <laughs> uh you can uh download the show on iTunes, go over and follow us on itunes um you know uh that's uh Facebook um Twitter, and like the page um, that's where we put all our updates or if we see anything cool going on or whatever so uh, mm-hmm. most of all, you know, just share the show, just get it out there um send it to uh to your friends, let them know about it if you think it's cool or if there's a guest or a topic uh that you think was uh was good, uh share it up. That's all I have for that as far as myself ebmorelia.com. It seems like it's starting to get into the swing of going towards uh winter where maybe shipping weather is winter's over, I mean, so shipping weather might be a little more uh uh, you can do it, I guess. I don't know. What do you think, Owen? This- you, you you're saying that as I'm looking at snow coming down at my house? Oh shoot! Did it snow? I mean,
1: oh, yeah. Never mind that. Like there's <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> I'm like I got well that, again. This is now that you and I are an hour apart. It's not like ten minutes down the road anymore. Oh well, yeah, I got snowing snow all day here.
5: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never <laughs> mind. Right. Never no no shipping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cancel that. If you want anything from me, never you're mind. Have to meet me in Hamburg. <laughs> you
4: have to wait.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you can check out uh, check out the uh, the website of what I got going on, and uh, you know, there's always payment plans stuff like that if you're interested in anything. That's I this is the time to do it. Yeah. Yep. Be ready just for time. Cool for shipping um so Sweet. there you go that's all i got cool
1: uh what you can do for me is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com we have all the latest happens on rogue we have the breeding diary we have pictures and bios of all the animals um and we have family trees for clutches for the past couple of years if you want to get lineage information just go there and look up your pairing if you don't know which pairing you got you can drop us an email send us a picture and we'll try to see what we can do for you. If your pairing is not there and you would like it, let us know and we will make one up for you. When I say we, that means me, so it's not going to happen immediately, but it'll happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> what we got next is you can go to Facebook and look up Rogue Reptiles on Facebook.com. Uh, give us a like over there. Normally, when animals are for sale, they go on the Facebook page for a week and then they're put on places like King Snake and Fauna. So, if you are a fan of Rogue Reptiles on Facebook, you get first dibs on all animals that are for sale before they even go on to the website. So, that would be the place to go. Um, next thing I got is there is a Hamburg Reptile Show February 27th. Um, I will be there vending. I hang out, my table's right behind Matt Minnetolas, Philly Herp. So, he's right there. Um, and then Jason Balen will be there, Howard Redding will be there. Eric Kohler might be there. I, I, I never know if he's going to show up or not. But that's a, it's starting to turn out to be a pretty kick-ass show when it comes to Morelia and Matt. So um, that's definitely, you know, if you can make it in the area, come check it out. Uh, usually the February show is pretty good.
5: Did you say uh, Morelia and Matt? <laughs>
1: yes. Okay.
5: <laughs>
1: yeah. I want him to feel included, okay? All right. I, I, yeah,
5: poor guy. Anyway, it's not like he has like forty five chondros or anything. Are they breeding? <laughs> when, when he starts
4: producing eggs, then I'm going to be, you know, yeah.
1: Anyway, <laughs> sometimes I just make comments. Sometimes I just make comments during the show to see who sends me messages on attention. Wednesday when they listen to the show. <laughs> so, and that's for free. And, Matt and I, Matt's been pretty good about it. If I mention him, he usually ends up sending me a message. So it's okay. Um, uh, anyway, uh, if you are on Facebook, you can also go and give a like over to uh, Morelia Pick of the Week, where you can post any pictures of any Morelia or any really cool snakes you want over there. Um, and then people will ooh and ah all over it. The only rule is that you cannot have any for sale heads of any kind. If you put those up, I will delete them. That's all we got. That's all I got. So what we're gonna tell you guys is thank you for listening. We hope you learned something. And we're gonna catch everybody next week for some more Morelia Python radio. Good night.
3: Hey Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Projock. I've been herping since I was a boy and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin Markland and I It's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you gotta check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the Reptile World's most complete buying and selling destination, full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system, search by sex. Wait, morph, or other keywords and use our Buy It Now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad. that also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buying and is selling? Use shipyourreptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. Shipyourreptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animal successfully. Use Shipyourreptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship the reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live on time arrival insurance program we got you covered visit the reptile to learn or share about the animal click on the link to the marketplace find that perfect pet or breeder then visit ship to ship that animal anywhere in the united states we are your one-stop shop for everything reptile related